certainly hung like an octopus from what I've seen. <laughs> Octopiss. Octopiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. How you doing, boy? I'm um, good. Yeah, and we have a we have a third wheel today, <laughs> which is I think those, the perfect number of wheels. This those, podcast's a trike. Those That's moans right. of pain are from our special guest Zach. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Zach. Hey, boys. Welcome thanks aboard. Us, yeah, Zach. thanks. Lovely to he have you aboard. <laughs> yeah, feels very strange being up in space. It's just mm, commenting um, before on how filthy we've let everything go. Yeah, <laughs> and we're not like, entirely sure if the vomit is due to. Uh, having to be around us or the gravity sickness. So. I, r- I really hit them gravity corners hard and with <laughs> spewing, pre- spewing quite a lot. Spewing content. That's um, what we're doing. We've managed to get all the old pod gear working in the distant galaxy of Newcastle. Man, we <laughs> have <laughs> fucking... This we're, week. We're sitting in like a... It looks, yeah. like we're, it looks like we're podcasting from a JB Hi-Fi No, it's right like now. the fucking Nebuchadnezzar, like <laughs> from the Matrix. We're just flying through and there's just like dozers sitting over in the corner there just being like, I can't think this we shit. We are all wearing thongs, obviously, yeah. as being in the uh, thong capital of Australia. Yeah. yeah. Hear that? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that the snap and sound of my G-string. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're all wearing thongs and nothing else. Yeah. Our bare chests glistening in the Newcastle sun. Oscar's the thought of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this <laughs> <laughs> low riding jeans, I don't agree with on you, but you insist on wearing them. Your jeans look pretty good on twelve year old girls as well as yourself. They so. do. Uh, <laughs> some context for that. <laughs> no, no. This week we um, managed to find one of the few cinemas in the country showing Avengers Endgame. Um, stay, stay tuned later this episode for our. We're going to try and start off with a spoiler free review of Avengers Endgame and then we probably might get into the more spoily stuff yep but um, yeah we'll, st- we'll, we'll, we'll warn you I will be you. talking about how the game ends <laughs> <laughs> we'll warn you before we start to spoil anything it's seriously just three about hours that movie. of chess between Josh Brolin and uh, Robert Downey Jr whoever <laughs> <laughs> the fuck Josh, Josh Brolin is <laughs> or unless it was my big purple daddy on screen for three hours <laughs> um, thought we might start off with some news though mm. uh, ready right. yeah can't believe you bring the chicken for that every time you do that. That was crazy, yeah. Beef bullet. It's actually just like, do I do I add to the noise? Where's the where's the jazz band you guys usually plays your theme music? Um first cab off the rank with Beef Bullet this week is a news story courtesy of our very own uh, Newcastle correspondent Zach, who's let us <laughs> give me a link to the <laughs> James Bond 25 official cast writers I synopsis. Like this one. He's an up and comer. And, lo- <laughs> and location that's all been revealed. Um, as uh, the Beef Boys had reported in previous weeks, Daniel Craig is back. Yeah. <laughs> alongside Remy Malik, who is in the film. The rumor had it before that he's going to be playing one of the villains. So I suppose that might be. Yeah, he's got a creepy face and that fits. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think all of the rest looks of them, like heavy bar down. Um, yeah. It does. Jeffrey Wright is back as. I think his name's, I think the character's name is Felix Leiter, mm. who's uh, Bond's friend who we saw in Casino Royale. we got Ben Wishaw back, I assume, as Q. And Naomi Harris, yep. I think, is M. Or yes, maybe that's Ray Fiennes. So. What the fuck's Ray Fiennes in the Bond movies? Do you mean Ralph Fiennes? Ralph Fiennes, Ray, I think Ray you'll find. Ray um, we got yeah. we got a whole bunch Roy, of unfamiliar things. Roy Fiennes. We got here Naomi Harris, uh, Anna, 
Anna de Armas. Anna yeah. de Armas. From, from Blade Runner 2049, yeah. Oh. Anna de Armas, credited with being the most attractive human yeah. being that's ever been alive. Yeah, geez. I think that's the third time I've heard you say that, and the other two times we're on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll say it again. <laughs> um, I'm just going to edit in me saying it again. Yeah, is, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, Dali uh, Ben Salah. I don't know who yeah, these people who are playing. Is, David Denick, uh, Leah Sadu, Billy Magnuson, and then Lashana Lynch. So that's the I think a bunch of those have cast. That's so a announced. bunch of returning characters and a few new ones. Is that last one related to David Lynch, or is that just someone random? Uh, no, I have like no if idea. If you go You're back far enough, research in this podcast, bro. <laughs> 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 um, we've got here. I'm reading straight from Screen Rant, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, Fukunaga, the bloke that's revealing some of this information here, said that when the film picks up, Bond is not in active service and starts his journey in Jamaica. Um, isn't that that's always been done before, the case? Yeah. That he's just like, <laughs> and at least three uh, seasons of Archer I'm out as of the well. game. Yeah. It's yeah. like the Mission Impossible thing where every movie starts with, we think Tom Cruise is a double agent, and yeah. he's like, what? <laughs> like, I've literally never been a double agent. <laughs> yeah. Um, We've got here that that seems to make sense because the end of Spectre ended with James and Madeline Sadu driving off together for Destinations right. Unknown. We now found out that's Jamaica. And we don't know very much else about this film other mm. than that it's apparently started production four times. I'm was, starting to think maybe that's gaslighting. Was Spectre technically 25. like a prequel to the entire James Bond series? Because they had um, Christopher Waltz be the bad guy that's the big bad guy with the white cat later. I think that this whole James Bond reboot that started with Casino Royale right. as like a soft reboot. And that's supposed to be the first book or something like that? Am yeah, I Casino that Royale right? I think is the first ever James Bond mission. Right. Oh, is so, it? In the books. Oh. Uh, in the books, I think th- I think there was an original Casino Royale film that was made ages ago that maybe isn't canon. So this is the first time we've had right. like a proper look at the official first. Yeah, so right. the book the first yeah. one is the Daniel Craig Casino Royale. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I suppose yes, because he plays Ernst Blofeld, doesn't he? Or maybe not. Maybe that's a different. Bless character. you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus walked into the apartment for a moment there. <laughs> apartment, what am I saying? Space station. We are recording on a space station. <laughs> <laughs> and not in an apartment above an Asian supermarket in Newcastle. <laughs> I think it's called... <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> More details. Hear Which that, street are we on? Hear that beep? That beep was what remains of Zach giving out our buddy <laughs> slash interdimensional Airbnb host Angus, who um almost got docs live on the air. Yes, <laughs> got the space sickness real bad. <laughs> um, here's a bit of news for friend of the show Pat and no one else. Everyone else just skip a few minutes now. Martin Scorsese is releasing a Bob Dylan documentary all about his famous 1975 tour called The Rolling Thunder Review. Mm. Uh, really exciting time in Bob Dylan's career. Martin Scorsese, cool. great director. He famously did one of the first ever music documentaries when he chronicled the band's final performance in the 70s uh, called The Last Waltz. That was brilliant. This is, of course, Which also going to be brilliant. The Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> Canadian folk rock band, The Band. They did Which um, songs. <laughs> well, fun fact about The Band. Uh, Which that one? Ba- that band. Um, they were called The Band because they were a backing band for all sorts of people. <laughs> yeah, try it one more time, uh, including Bob Dylan. So there's a bit of a, bit of a connection oh, okay. there. Um, this... Documentary is going to be released on Netflix on June 12th and is going to be accompanied by a count them 14 CD box set with a fucking it, what it says, yeah, a Jesus. bajillion live takes. Okay. Um, 
446 hours of content. Yeah, or it's, it's it is. every every hour that really? Bob Dylan was living and breathing in no. 1975 chronicled live on tape. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bob Dylan just had a wire stuck to his chest as a baby, and that's what the audio is. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited for that. Uh, it was one of the first times where he came back off the road after being kind of jaded with the whole public life thing mm. um, and reworked all of his songs for a big band. Um, the not band? A, not a big band. A <laughs> <laughs> um, little string of pearls style version. How many rooms <laughs> uh, And that's all that we could afford of that song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's not making it in. No, absolutely We're going to have Microsoft Sam read out the lyrics. <laughs> you guys got many copyright infringement notices yet? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Copyright law? <laughs> I hardly knew Why would <laughs> I wouldn't know much about <laughs> it. Uh, Guillermo del Toro is <coughs> gearing up for his new film Nightmare Alley. He's going to try and get Leonardo DiCaprio in one of the starring roles. Mm. He's directing this film, which is an adaptation of a William Lindsay Gresham novel. He co-wrote it with Kim Morgan. Uh, it was previously adapted for the screen in 1947. Okay. So we'll see if this fucking reboot from the hack Guillermo del Toro <laughs> um, will be any good. It's exciting. I, I've loved everything uh, he's done. The novel itself is set around a carnival following a con man mentalist named Stanton Carlyle who teams up with fellow sideshow artist Molly to set up an exploitative mind-reading act. Um, we don't quite know, and it's not been completely signed off about whether or not DiCaprio has been involved, um, but it's likely that he played that main character. I'm reading straight from Empire Magazine there. There you go. Are you a fan of um, Del Toro, Zach? Yeah. yeah mm. Shape of actually. Water. Shave of Water was pretty good. Have you seen Pan's Labyrinth? <laughs> I have, I have. That was yeah. the first thing that I thought That's of. That's my, yeah. my the first The way he crafts the setting of the Spanish Civil War was just really cool. Really yeah. incredible. Weaving the two stories yeah. together. Of like and I really like how it was um, kind of left up to the audience as to whether, you know, a certain part of the film was um, imaginary or not. Yes. It's never actually given to yeah. you. No. But you talk to people and they're certain that it was one or the other, which yeah, is just really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> I think yeah. he crafted that really The one thing way. that wasn't imaginary, Zach, was when you fucked that fish though, right? <laughs> Famously good. the... Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. You get <laughs> tears of nostalgia watching The Shape of Water. Yeah, again, I hope Peter doesn't listen to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, if you're listening and you're Zach's boss, Zach fucked a fish. I meant the organization, Peter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very, very uh, good. They don't listen um, to anybody but themselves. Good. Here's another headline here. Uh, Steven Spielberg has clarified his position that came out last month when I think we reported that he wanted to burn Netflix to the ground. Yeah, I'm just reading here. Um, it says, I'm old and I'm incapable of directing <laughs> any more good films ever and that I should just stay out of everyone's way. So the story, the story oh, here... really insightful of him to say that. So I've got a, I've got a quote straight from Steven Spielberg here. He's very kindly supplied it to Beef Station and no mm, one else. To me, screener. just then. I um, read it out. We can move on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, quote, I want people to find their entertainment in any form or fashion that suits them. Big screen, small screen, what really matters to me is a great story and everyone should have access to great stories. However, I feel people need to have the opportunity to leave the safe and familiar of their lives and go to a place where they can sit in the company of others and have a shared experience. Cry together, laugh together, be afraid together, all in my secret sex dungeon. <laughs> I feel Whoa. like a Steven Spielberg. No ad living. <laughs> a Steven Spielberg documentary could be nothing to phone home about. That'd be, that'd be a perfect name. A good title. And yeah. that's the last Very time good. we ever had Zach on the podcast. <laughs> Remember that guy? Yeah, he's going to take that idea and run and make a million um, Fucking dollars. You didn't laugh, Andrew. Did you get the joke? ET phoning home. I laughed. Did you get it? Yeah. I laughed. All right. Did you? It's on mic. I'm gonna go back and edit it louder. Yeah. Turn up your thing louder so I can hear all the laughs that I get from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> much better. Much better. Thank you. The quote went on to. The quote goes on to say that. Um, 
he just wants to see the survival of movie theaters. Quote, I want the theatrical experience to remain relevant in our culture. So I think that's all that he meant. Was that he was worried. I like a demand <laughs> And it says here that he's been, he's been seen recently um, meeting with the head of Netflix, perhaps to negotiate some content for Netflix. We don't know. Um, yeah. Point is, oh. Steven Spielberg seems to have been misrepresented in... Uh, that story that came out a few weeks right. ago where it seemed like he was saying he wanted to take them all down. It's um, very so possible that he, he, he just sort of said something without really thinking about it and the press just like exploded about it. Uh, people yeah. always think everything through before they say it. That's why you need to jump on them when they say the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with you, Zach. That's why I record everything. <laughs> Five hours in the edit suite for this every week has told me that you don't know what you're talking about. It's like <laughs> everything I say is carefully considered. This is a related story here. Netflix movies will remain eligible for the Oscars. Sure. Um, There's no so reason they there wouldn't was an yeah, why Award. would they not be? Well, th- that was this whole thing, was that there was going to be a meeting, in this meeting where they, the Academy Award yeah. um, passed new rules about what kinds of things they were going to consider eligible in years to come in award... Ceremonies. In award ceremonies, yep. The whole thing with Steven Spielberg was um, people thought that he was going to try and campaign to make rule changes so that um, Netflix movies would effectively be disqualified. Right. Um, and so the whole Steven Spielberg from thing coming out here... all film award ceremonies? Uh, no, from the Oscars. From the That's Oscars. what the Academy right. um, has to do with. And so this, this from your, new... From your house awards that you hand out yeah. each year. Yeah, that's right. Each year. <laughs> He's not going to make it to the pool room this year, unfortunately. <laughs> However, the rules targeting Netflix weren't passed in this Academy board meeting this year. I looked it up today and a film can be considered eligible for an Academy Award if it has a feature length run in cinemas in LA for at least a week Right. Showing because yeah, it was three something times you a day for a week, oh. and so Steven Spielberg wanted to suggest changes to those wow. rules and about when things get posted available for streaming online that would mean that Netflix movies are effectively ineligible. Yeah, right. Um, I think that the rule at the moment is it has to have that week feature run in LA, uh-huh. and it also has to be to be eligible. It can't be available online before it starts its feature run. Yeah, right. Um, other slight changes. It's a very oddly specific it set is, of yeah. circumstances. But I remember yeah. you were mentioning something to do with how Mandy wasn't eligible for stuff for the, the reason. Mandy was about the soundtrack that wasn't yeah. put in in time. And one the of them soundtrack specifically. It was it, yeah. It, it was like the that the it wasn't nominated for anything. But that part of the reason why is that they didn't get around to doing it in time or something. Like there was that. some other Netflix movie that wasn't considered eligible because it was available for streaming. I think before its theatrical run. Oh, um, right. And I don't, I don't remember which one that is. So, sorry. It just feels like but it's, yeah. it's probably a hangover from however many years ago before streaming services were really around, yeah. and that they just kind of need to update them because there's no real. Like well, it a, seems like they're updating them pretty regularly. Right. So it's but just there's a piece of artwork. There's no real reason why something being on a streaming service should comparably disqualified yeah. from yeah from being you'd think these days you'd want to open it as broadly as possible mm, i think that there are very good reasons for people who have stakes in this to not do that yeah exactly because it's yeah. a bunch of rich people in a room together trying to keep it exactly it's been for many decades yeah, yeah. uh Steven spielberg's thing that he said he was misrepresented by was just the idea that he just wants movie theaters to remain available and don't get fucked by whatever might be coming in the future. I think famously, he didn't want ET to be released on VHS because he was worried that like the dawn really? of home movie would mean that no one went to, go to cinemas the anymore. anymore. Yeah. And you see a decline in movie movie sales mm. in recent years. Anyway, has it been that, that significant? I think I, I remember reading headlines a few years ago about like movie theater admissions seeing a decline. But then again, you've got shit like. Captain yeah. Marvel now making like literally a because I know it's dollars, more accessible. So but I've always just found just the sound and screen quality just being like something that pulls me towards the cinema. And I mean, I never see cinemas completely empty for really famous films, at least. So yeah, exactly. So I, mean, I don't I have don't numbers know, in front of me. So. For me, I, I, for me, it's starting to th- this whole split about like people. We, we talked a little bit about um, 
the the idea of like excessive competition on streaming platforms kind of driving people back towards the eras of piracy. Um, and for yeah, me, I yeah. think that like it, things with Disney Plus and some other things I, that are going to spread everyone around. Exactly. Yeah. I don't pirate. I used to pirate heaps, but um, <laughs> but I like, hear that FBI of 2012. <laughs> yeah. Fucking get him. I stopped in the wake of the Dallas Buyers Club scares, which was exactly what they wanted, and I did it. But um, for me, what it's going to do is it's going to mean I'm more careful about making sure that I go and see things once in cinemas because then I don't want to have to catch it on whatever fucking yeah. streaming service it comes on later. So this whole competition thing, yeah. we might actually see people going like, well, if I've got to pay for a month anyway, I'm just going to try and catch stuff in yeah. the cinemas. I don't know. Yeah. And when governments get the ability to properly use the data that they like acquire, mm. um, they'll find ways to make that automatic and pretty hard hitting eventually. So... Oh, in terms of... I keep my pirating strictly to the seas in Somalia. That's... uh, Yeah, that's right. Um, I can't find the specific article I was reading from before, but other small changes they made were about... Um, the most important, the most interesting one was instead of the category now being called best foreign language film, it's going to be called best international feature film, which right. they said is probably a language that's more in line with the times. And they <laughs> said that they were starting to feel that foreign language film was a bit outdated, even just the term foreign. Yeah, um, being a bit more American. It was always colonial yeah, language. Um, yeah, <laughs> and so they were t- t- trying to keep it a bit more inclusive. Mm. And I think they're going to make the films available for nomination instead of it being seven it's ten or something so it's going to be they're going to allow more um i think another one of the rules was that the the short feature film categories short feature you know what i mean the short film category um (laughs) you can have a run in la and new york now (laughs) so cool (laughs) you go um big of them yeah uh i think more more nominations available for makeup and hairstyling categories the animated film category i didn't realize this doesn't run or did doesn't have to officially run every year according to the academy board rules because it only runs if more than eight eligible animated feature films are released that year oh, right. but they said like well these days it's always more than eight anyway yeah. so they're going to get rid of surely disney yeah. does that single-handedly yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> oh man much, imagine yeah. if there was one year where it's just like fucking frozen one two three and cars seven that gets, <laughs> gets well, we're going to get to the point where every film nominated except for the international film category is going to be disney owned anyway yeah. so. oh god yeah. don't <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna <laughs> giving me dark visions you're going to set andrew off into one of his disney epileptic fits hell. so let's not worry about that um yeah, that's that's the the news I've got about the Academy Awards this year. Interesting, mm. I think. There I also saw uh, rumors about maybe them making the screeners available for streaming to all the Academy members instead of like on screen or DVDs that they get mailed out. But that's some weird like insider bullshit that we don't, that yeah, we don't right, care sure. about. JJ um, Abrams is talking about the new plot of the new Star Wars movie yeah. and says that there is more to the story of Ray's parents than we have been previously led oh, to goody. believe in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, That's, uh, this ties in with news an before... spoiler in the title. Well, no, sorry. I mean, yeah, the movie that came out, go, fuck <laughs> no, you, no, you no. have uh, <laughs> like, So this, come, this ties back to rumours that he wasn't necessarily happy with the stuff that Ryan Johnson yeah, did. I heard he about this. He was going to maybe try and retcon some of it. He said he's not. he's going to respect the changes that Ryan made in the film. I loved the changes that Ryan made because it took all of the traditional tropes of Star Wars and flipped and turned, it on its yeah, head. Yeah, I loved pissed it. Pissed all the nerds off, but yeah. made it so interesting Great. to watch. Good. Keep doing that, Ryan. Because <laughs> you had like a I big. You were like, yeah, Zach, keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting content, very <laughs> far away from each other right now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like how they had um, an Emperor Palpatine like figure die on screen as soon as he's like, uh, yeah. like in a position of power when he's flinging people around. He immediately dies and he's no longer important. I really like that. But 
but everyone I talked to that was a fan of Star Wars for a very long time, or almost everyone, hated it because they were like, oh, I want him to be this big, angry bad guy. But it's like, that's the whole point. Like, the it's an inherently stupid concept. Yeah. So when you flip it on its head and do things that sort of uh, change it a little bit, I, I don't know, I find that really interesting. But yeah, I feel I like people really don't good. people aren't very forgiving. And that's why you get J.J. Abrams going to come in and fix it and make I all also, the nerds happy. And I yeah. really liked the poetic element of like... Um, and the the decision to make Ray's parents just be normal yeah, people. Yeah, just she's just a vagabond. Yeah, I think the, the, one of the one of the like Star Wars has that um, that Harry Potter factor of like you you could be this person like anyone can be a, a, a Jedi. Yeah. you know. And that's uh, how they or, end or the film with the little boy who you know exactly who's, who's just a street stuff. urchin. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it's almost like I, I would say in a way it's kind of. It, it's more about like how much it's like you hit the hardship threshold and then yeah. all of a sudden you, yeah. you can be a Jedi. Yeah. But like um, it, the, the idea that like, if he's going to do what I, I hope he doesn't and like kind of make it like, no, it was, no, a, this, it, your, this your was your family, your family destiny. It's yeah. sort of actually Probably feeding question, more But you've that. both seen the trailer, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, no. You not the new trailer? No. Oh, uh, right. Because, yeah, there's a bit right at the end that you'll hate then if that's what you're worried yeah, about. Yeah, I don't want the Palpatine I, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've talked about this. I think I've heard oh, okay. it. Oh, okay. Sheev's laugh. That's his first name. I keep forgetting because it like, sounds like a, what, a, Steve, a weapon. Emperor Palpatine. Steve, Steve Palpatine. Sheev, no, Steve Palpatine. Sheev, Sheev, no, that's Steven Spielberg. That's what Oscar <laughs> was trying to say. Steve <laughs> Palpatine. That would rock. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> and my that's, brother. That's my name. Garen Palpatine. Um, yeah, bro, you want a kebab? I'm dunking. <laughs> but yeah, so he he laughs at the end. So obviously, his ghost will I probably do something. I mean, yeah. maybe he'll turn out to be a Skywalker. It'll be great. <laughs> I just think like leave him be leave him be nobody. Deal with mm, someone else's character. You know, like yeah. the, leave that. The Harry Potter factor is brilliant because it even Harry Potter mm. sucked in that yeah. aspect because his parents were like really yeah. Powerful. It raises up. It, it almost links back to everyone thinking as a child that they're born for greatness, even though they're just an individual <laughs> person. Like, we it. have this very Western sort of view that everyone has to make their own way and forge their own Harry Potter-like, you're an individual that's going to change the world kind of yep. view of things. Yeah. And I mean, sure, that's 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 great in terms of short-term happiness when you're a little kid. But when you grow up and you realize you have to share things and maybe it's not sustainable for everyone to own everything, that things are a little bit difficult in some ways mm-hmm. when you have that kind of Western um, concept. But that's far too deep and not the very The only so way that it's medical. sustainable is for everyone to own everything. Yeah. Well, welcome to the emotional slump of this show. <laughs> <laughs> you're a loser and you will amount to nothing. That's right. um, uh, I think you're totally right there. What I hope, yeah. what I hope, this story actually is, is him really saying, "I'm not going to wreck on anything." But what I think would be interesting to see from Ray's character's point of view is, like, sure, she knows her parents are nothing, but she still might want some closure. She might meet her no one parents. She might find out why she was dumped in That's the first not really place. What I would hear. Well, no, but, but I mean, like, there's more to. Well, the more to the whole story, maybe like she might find out why she was left there in the first place, which is really the closure she wants. She doesn't really care whether her parents are Skywalkers or whatever. I think that she would probably just. I think the character would be interested in be um, fulfilled in maybe getting a bit of closure in that respect. I I think we'll just have to wait and see. Be a weird thing to tease. Uh, Maybe it's just the sort of thing where he wanted to get it out in the open, where he's like, "No, I'm not going to like not touch that at all. I still want to address some stuff." Um, It's because nerds aren't good. like story writers for the most part in terms of <laughs> I don't know some fan fiction's kind of good but I've just had a lot of friends that really love the Star Wars universe and the biggest culprits want everyone to have a lightsaber and everyone to be a Skywalker and everyone to have a really generic past which they think would be very entertaining but in reality in terms of mass appeal I think is very boring but mm. I don't know if that's just my own personal 
few. I mean, maybe everyone else is an idiot, but yeah. I think that's just how it works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in general, I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, a, s- a small change of tack here. There's um <laughs> a new trailer that's been released, and I had to check whether this is a joke. <laughs> going off the back of the Lego movie, there's going to be a Playmobile movie. What? <laughs> which is like the weird European version of Lego. It's um. Jeez. <laughs> it's real strange. I oh want. God. <laughs> Um, Playmobil, what are they going to uh, do? Legos. Jenga the movie. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, but they've got a big cast, man. They've got uh, um, oh, Anna Taylor-Joy in this. Uh, they've got Jim Gaffigan and Daniel Radcliffe and Megan Trainer um, all in the Jesus Playmobil Christ. movie, which wow. is a real thing and not a joke. Megan Trainer's not an actor? Uh, no. no. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some original Playmobil uh, songs, mate. Who knows? Yeah. You fucking know what? We <laughs> um, probably will an- because they need to Im- emulate the Lego Movie, and that had a big hit song. Yeah, uh, another. Dude, tra- uh, the an- second one had a big hit song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> another trailer fuck. from Trailer Corner. <laughs> oh, that's you're not. You're actually probably right. They might. They probably would do that because the, yeah. yeah, the Lego had yeah. the everything is awesome thing. And yep. Oh, yeah. man. Shoot me in the Wait, head. Have you guys <laughs> seen the second Lego film? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, is that? Is that 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 just came out, didn't it? Yeah, oh, no, came out sorry. Like, I saw like yeah, yeah. I saw like I haven't Batman. seen it either, but I know the song yeah. in that one is this song is really annoying. That's the chorus, so Oh fuck. <laughs> well I mean the Playmobil <laughs> movie doesn't really have very far that it has to reach there. Yeah, exactly. That's Christ. yeah. A new story here. We've got a brand new trailer for a new Men in Black film that I think looks fantastic. Uh, It's Chris Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson starring in (laughs) it. Uh, The trailer reveals that Kamel Nanjiani is going to be playing a tiny little like three inch high alien warrior dude (laughs) that looks great. Pretty fun. Um, This trailer looks like a ton of fun. Mm. Um, They go. It's called Men in Black International. Uh, They're going to London to have some sort of Men in Black style adventure in London, and it doesn't Uh, have the other. Two agents from no, the it doesn't. No. It's a complete think, branch off. I think this is a great idea. I think that the Men in Black movies are good fun, and I think that newest one that had Josh Brolin in it, that was like a wrap up and a time travelly one. I think it was Men in Black yeah. Three that came out a few years ago. Yeah. I think that was really good. Did yeah, Josh Brolin I really like that. Play a young version of Tommy Lee Jones' yeah. character. Yeah, I saw that. I've liked every Men. It in had Black a Hugo Weaving in it as the bad guy too. I really like Men mm, in Black. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I think I think it's such a big world and such an open universe. Yeah, you can sort of do anything you want with it, and it's established the right kind of tone with it being kind of a tongue-in-cheek, fun kind yeah. of. Uh, kind of romp kind of film if you will mm. I think that's a cool idea plays to the conspiracy theorists out there as well yeah, yeah. Um, here's yeah. a story for Andrew they've already confirmed that they're going to do a sequel uh, or uh, more than one movie is going to be in this new June thing really okay with ah, the film that no one's managed to do right that's really yeah, well, interesting because yeah. Denny Villeneuve the dude that did Arrival yeah. and the new Blade Runner film that's is directing right. this new and June Prisoners film. my favourite film of all time oh, of course yeah mm. well there you go um, yeah, interesting. Actually, we're a bunch of um, you know fam- fanboys here. That's right. Yeah, I my favorite film is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yours is Prisoners. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, fuck you, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Another day. Mine's the one about the film. magicians with David Bowie yeah. in it. <laughs> <laughs> Labyrinth. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> um, uh, and this the, the article I'm reading here goes on to explain all the other instances of the June. 
uh, movie being adapted into something that's been a flop. Look, so I just I, I hope this turns. I'm genuinely well. engaging in avoidant behavior about this because yeah, right. I don't want. I am so afraid that it will be Villeneuve's downfall or that, something. Yeah, because yeah. David Lynch, he re- it's the one film scared. he regrets ever doing. It, yeah. he really hates the fact and he like, tried to do it. it. I was I remember listening to an interview with um, Denis Villeneuve about Blade Runner 2049, and he yeah. said it's the best reception he's ever gotten. But like, obviously that that film, so that film was kind of regarded as a flop because it it didn't lose money but it didn't make as much money as the studio yeah. sort of yeah. had hoped or needed which it was to exactly make. what happened to the original exactly film what enough. happened yeah. to the original film mm. and he said i don't know how to deal with that because um this has been the best reception i've gotten out of anything i've ever made it has been universally positive yeah. and people uh, uh, have just been constantly telling me how much they loved it and yet it's yeah. just not making the money that that would indicate so that you know the studio yeah. is. I've talked about it before, kind of and I am one hundred percent certain that branding was the thing that really brought it down because the trailers for Blade Runner twenty forty nine made it look like an, action an hour and a half long action film that was just going to be <laughs> a strap yourself in for an intense ride. Whereas instead, you had two to three minute long, um, kind of sweeping somber shots, really yeah. um, elegant music that the was three very hour slow. Runtime. And I knew a lot of people that yeah, told me they fell asleep in the film and just weren't ready for how slow it was going to be. Yeah. And they told their friends, mm. and it had this spin off effect where. It people got the opposite idea because that trailer had every single action sequence that is in the film at least twice in that trailer. Yeah. So yeah. Well, see, this article I'm reading here on Screen Rant about this Dune sequel is talking about the idea that the Blade Runner thing was almost a commercial flop. And so they're yeah, saying, I haven't read the right. book, but you, you probably know better than I do. Apparently the book itself is almost in two halves. And so they're saying it kind of makes sense to have what is quite a long story. Do they no, say they at don't. what point it's divided yeah. around? Um, no, not really. I'm curious yeah. as to, um, because it has like multiple sort of sections yeah, I so that's what this that's what this, this, this yeah. article here is saying that um it's likely that they're probably going to save the second half of the book for this sequel, right. which means that it's good that the f- the first film that's going to come out isn't necessarily going to be trying to cram as much shit as they it's possibly can yeah, into one film. The flip side is if this first film's a commercial flop, we might not even get a second one. I think yeah. that that is a smart decision because I think that this, in terms of Dune fans, like they want that slow operatic, uh, yeah, exactly, kind of yeah. epic space film. And you can't do that if you cram the entire thing into like, mm. uh, not to start shitting on it already, but mm. like, uh, say a Marvel film where you need to cover so much fucking ground so quickly <laughs> that I, I think they need to... It's fine. Just have a six hour runtime. That's fine. I think it's good taking its time and it, it mm. probably will be a six hour runtime released in two sections, yeah. kind of like... Which I guess is the benefit of a Netflix TV show. Or not yeah. just Netflix, sorry. But it's the TV show in general gives you 10 hours to play exactly. with to actually flesh yeah. out a world. And I think... It, and we're starting to get series. I remember um, Westworld was one of the first series that started to pump like a huge amount of money. I think each episode was 10 million or something yeah. like that. Really? They were on yeah. set for like three or four years. And that was really cool to see that they could have 10 hours of properly investing, like not just trying to stretch a film's budget over 10 hours, but actually give each hour sort of a certain amount of budget that a yeah. film would get and create something that can have that time to flesh something out and, and present it to an West audience. World. I really like that. That was so fucking good. It's yeah. really oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, just Season. shows that the higher the budget of the production, the better the artistic I mean, That's right. Seriously. The, it, <laughs> and that's why you guys pump thousands of dollars into this each week, isn't it? Yeah, 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 every episode. And, it's, it's and a, boy, it's do a, we see results. That's right. $10 a minute, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
we've forgotten candles to light this whole room with burning $100 bills. <laughs> you'll, you, you won't see a, a rule, but there's definitely a correlation. The more money you have, the more able you are to do good things, the more enabled you are by mm. it, and, and the more unrestricted. So, like, I, yeah. I think that, yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah. just hope that the, the kind of commercial impact of 2049 yeah. doesn't carry across and that he sort of sticks to his guns mm. because he's always been strong. The reason Arrival was so good... I'm sure. I'm assuming the reason prisoners are so good, the reason 2049 was so great, is because he doesn't compromise. Yeah. And yeah. If he's forced to compromise, it's it's everyone's going to lose out because we're not going to get these films yeah. that we absolutely adore. But people who people who don't enjoy those kind of films aren't going to enjoy it anyway. So yeah. I'm I'm concerned. But he sticks about to his it. artistic gun, so to speak. Really hope hope um, that he does, we, yeah. We've got a tentative release date for the Dune, the first one, in November 2020. The only other little thing I've got about the content of the first one Is that there is backstory hinted at in some of the books that they've expanded And then when you go through and read the book There's a the CEO It says here Legendary CEO Joshua Grody I'm like Legendary no, really? CEO Alright CEO of, of the film legendary company films. Legendary films <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah I'll only give you a quote if you just say I'm a fucking legend Yeah <laughs> He says that there's like a, there's a logical place to stop the movie before the book is over if you read yes. to that first book. Yeah. That, that's where they're doing it. Yeah. Right. So oh, okay. yes. Uh, well, I don't know. You're looking at me, but unfortunately I have not read it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I just like to act like so I know I'm what I'm uh, talking uh, about quite yeah. well. I've heard a lot of people talk about it, so... Yes, a there's, a, there's, a, there's a point at which an me. extremely significant event happens yeah. to uh, one of the major characters. Yeah, and right. that is Go ahead, just tell us. Go on, no one cares. No one cares. Well, it's funny because like, I feel like, oh, I can spoil a book. No one's even going to fucking read <laughs> the book, but it's literally for the movie, so yeah, I don't right. want to tell It's funny. That's exactly... Stephen King's It was split into two parts. as Not Stephen King's It, but the film It is splitting the story into two, two parts and I, I know that because the book is 1400 pages long and, and I read it last year friend of the show Gina says the original It film that was released in whatever the fuck it was the oh, 70s or the, the one 80s with, or whatever um, the one with Curry Tim, Tim, Tim Curry is yeah. a clown apparently like really it's like a whistle stop tour of the whole book um, because they're trying because they do both it. halves in one oh, movie did they so I think yeah. it's a bit of a long movie oh yeah and it's like three and a half hours yeah yeah but it's that. still not I didn't so know I think it did both yeah, yeah okay. it does that's so interesting so I think this new adaptation where the first one came a few years ago and this new one's coming out with James McAvoy and yeah. Bill Hayden and the whole crew yeah 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 um, I think that might be a more appropriate way of doing it I think so too. Yeah. Uh, what I would like to see is again a TV show that kind of like fleshes out the time that you have because I don't have, you, have <laughs> either of you read the book. Uh, no, I haven't. No, it's have very detailed. Very detailed yeah, on the inner thoughts of the character. Yeah, 1,400 fucking pages. You'd want to hope so. Yeah, but he also... I know every zit is on Bill Hader's yeah. big dumb face. I once heard um, someone describe uh, Stephen King as a superhero whose origin story, he's sitting at a typewriter and then the backspace flies off, but he's got to, he's got to keep typing to finish that <laughs> fucking book. So he never deletes a sentence when he writes it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I Amazing writer, though. Very good writer. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I haven't, I haven't actually read much of his stuff mm. at all. No, I, neither have I. I really enjoy a lot of the stuff because I watched Pet Cemetery recently, the new one. Was that good? And the, I thought it was. I thought it was good fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do want to watch it. I heard it changed the book a bit. I see. Again, I don't know, but like uh, the concepts he has for books yeah, definitely okay. seem like great concepts for yeah. horror movies as well. A lot of his shit gets changed. Like apparently, The Shining is nothing like what the book. I've is I've heard like. that before. Yeah. Um, I think he I has mean, excellent yeah. concepts 
like very filmic concepts, yeah. but not very filmic writing, and so they need to. Well, how involved is he in his adaptations? Oh, see, apparently he sell he's he's sold off so many that there's often some that he just literally sells the rights off for like a, cu- yeah. a couple bucks. I thought that was he how it care. works because he's, he's written shitloads of short he stories. He spews them out, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the most prolific author yeah. in history, I think. I think so, and I can tell you, like having read it, just the, the way that he captures the inner thought of a character and yeah. makes you feel like you are the forty-year-old Jewish woman who is experiencing. <laughs> and I, I mean that. That's actually one of the first chapters is um in it is is the perspective of a 40 year old jewish woman who stumbles upon her dead husband and just the entire page by page word of word by word bit of how you become that character is intense. i'm not in unless it's a, a literal choose your own adventure i don't really <laughs> feel my 40 year old bosoms yeah right but you and can't cut you, yeah, <laughs> you can't really do that in, in a film form as easily as I think yeah. you can when you've got the, the yeah. word yeah. form. No, I just wanted so. to advertise Stephen King because we have a deal going on, so I need to make sure that he's... Hey, and hey cut, him, cut him, cut him, <laughs> cut his mic, cut his mic. <laughs> um, how's this for another story? What do you think of this? Uh, Netflix is going to have The Hateful Eight on Netflix streaming. For the streaming, they're going to cut The Hateful Eight extended version oh. into four 50-minute episodes. Interesting. We that's were just cool. talking about this yeah, earlier we were, today. Yeah. I think... Hot take. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, okay. When we, you and I, before the show even started, we watched The Hateful Eight in cinemas when it came out, which is, fuck, 2015. Yeah. Um, so that long ago. And we yeah. talked about the idea that it felt, I personally found, found that it felt really long. Yep. And yeah. And the extended edition that they showed in cinemas that was screening the 70 mil print showed it with a 20 minute intermission. The idea being that the film itself is structured to be split up. It's structured such that all the setup and you introduces all the characters and this mystery about like someone in this little cabin isn't who yeah. they say they are and then it cuts and you can go outside in the film almost like a play it. and talk about it with your friends and theorize about what's going to mm. happen and then it shows you the second yeah. half and so as long as they can find an appropriate place to cut it I think it's an awesome idea yeah. I don't really know what they mean about extended edition though because as far as I knew the only extension that was um, was there was that 20 minute intermission maybe this is like a super extended edition it's probably, for probably be like a director's cut I'm all in. I think it's an awesome idea. Yeah. It means it's going to be really slow, but I think the idea of it being broken up is going to lessen that effect because I really felt it sitting in the cinema and not watching and just watching the whole thing without that intermission. I really felt like two and a half hours in, I was like, oh, fuck this movie because it's really slow and stylistic. I think that yeah. splitting it up is a great idea. What do you reckon? Oh, um, yeah, we were talking about how films used to be designed with that intention, that they used to go for three, three and a half hours. And in fact, I know many Indian films these days still do exactly that. Mm. Right. And the idea being that you're supposed to go and talk about it and eat something and have a break between a really long film is kind of the way that they were um, designed intentionally. So going back to that kind of format kind of, um, I don't know, makes some sense. Yes, yeah, so I'm really I'm really curious to see uh, what the go is to this. I think it's a really cool idea to split it up. I had wished that I'd watched this section, the version of the film that split up originally. I suppose mm. if it's four 50-minute episodes, then that's certainly going to be more content than was even in the original film. Yeah. So mm. I'm, excited to, I'm excited to see it. I really yeah. like Quentin Tarantino. As far as I know, he hasn't done any kind of project like this that's been extended and serialized like that. No. Yeah. I'm keen to see it. Yeah. Interesting. It was originally three hours and seven minutes long. Yeah. All right, well, I there you go. So there I definitely didn't have a problem with the length of it. Um, this yeah. ne- That's me. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, this, this last story I've got isn't necessarily fun, the funny zinger that I'll be closing, but I think it was interesting to talk about anyway. Um, this Disney Plus story that we covered a few weeks ago um, is back up in the headlines now because the Disney CEO, what's his name? Bob Iger or something. Yeah, Bob Iger talked about uh, the fact that this new streaming service is not going to have the Disney film from the mid-60s, Song of the South, which famously is quite racially 
insensitive. Oh, that's a 1946 film, Song of the South. It's got a lot of weird racist shit in it. Um, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not so much... I don't so much have a problem with that. They don't have to release that if they don't want to. If it's a weird racist film from the 40s, yeah, fine, don't release it. It, it, used, it used a heap of like stereotype racist, racist cartoon influences yeah. in its art style. And the more interesting thing I think here is that Dumbo is going to be released on a Disney Plus service and they're going to cut out a scene from Dumbo that think they think this, is yeah. too racially insensitive to remain in the cut today. So there's, in the 1941 animated film Dumbo, reading straight from The Hollywood Reporter, there is a crow named Jim Crow, which is a reference to a 19th century blackface character that later became the name for the segregation laws oh, in, in the yeah, US. Oh, yeah, that's the true, Jim Crow yeah. laws. And there's this whole fucking scene with this racist crow thing that they're going to cut out of the film when it's released later on in the year. Now, I think that it's an interesting discussion to have because on the one hand, sure, it's this problematic scene, but on the other hand, the film's this part of history and it has a place in history. And I think that there's an argument to be made for saying, well, you should release the film as it is, as like an illustration of what artistic, of what art was like at the time. And the film itself is a product of its time. I don't really know how I feel about it. So I can definitely mm, see an argument either way. So the story, I don't know if I clearly said, they're cutting that scene out of the release for the streaming. You did. And I think I I have two... I think there's a couple of different ways to go about about doing this. One, um, you, I think, have to somehow address the issue that that scene tells... Uh, core points of the story Does that it? I just I haven't gonna, seen yeah, the film. I, I was reading about it, and all um, I remember at the least, pink elephants, man. So at least people ahead. people were saying on on some social media posts that I was reading that like cut it. You can't just cut it because there's there's things that happen in that that influence the rest of the movie. Um, so well, if that is the case, then I think it's important to address those points. However, how, have how you seen how the they edited? That, there's, there's a there's a there's a racist caricature character in one of the Fantasia films yep. that gets edited out of later later releases and it's sort of almost been painted over in scenes oh, that it's right. in. And so it's not as if that's been cut. They're painted over that character. I don't know whether maybe... The other one, well, if you, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember what it was from, but I remember seeing um, a couple of responses to this that pointed to Warner Brothers' approach to this for their old cartoons. And they just screened the cartoons with a, a splash image at the start that just says, hey... These are a product of their times, and they've got some things in them that um, aren't that that weren't right then, and they aren't right now. Mm. And that you know, we we we're not going to say that we're not going to stand by the uh, what what those were were doing, but they are part of the the, the art in its mm. entirety. So we've left it as is, but just know that you know these are an artifact. Mm. These are from the forties or fifties or whatever. And things were different back then, so we need to acknowledge that. But also, we're not going to change it retrospectively. Yeah, I feel like yeah. there's but no then, like, one size fits all solution to this no, sort of there problem, isn't. and it's always just going to have to be on a case by like case. Pulling basis. down Confederate statues, I think that's a good thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, putting the, putting something up in a uh, in an in it in its entirety in an art form is sort of something that is is much more nuanced and complex so i agree i don't think there's a one-size-fits-all thing and and, yeah. it, and it's a really which tough is how question. these issues are always going to be complex I like think this so yeah. it's just the way it sort of, sort well, of rolls. it sort rolls also again of, just of, i'll put in the normal caveat that like this this is three white guys talking about it so how we feel about it is probably less important than well how don't give away my identity at all, <laughs> what, are you, what are you guys doing Jesus. Sorry, um, um, yeah but i don't know i think I just, it's just important to involve the voices of people of yeah. color in these kind of discussions and i'm keen to see how those people feel about it yeah and again i guess I can say like oh, whatever I wouldn't know, but I think that the more in, the more interesting and intelligent way of going about it is doing a War of the Brothers thing and not trying to completely wash away the past. I think so. Um, 
generally and erase it because it's like well it's still the effects are still there and ignoring them doesn't really change the fact that it happened and I think it's more interesting to maybe just yeah maybe release the film up to an M rating if you want yeah and say like you know kids can still watch it there's that scene in there but whatever, I, yeah. I think it's important because I think the film's a product of its time and yeah. well, th- this, uh, yeah. this it other doesn't sound here, like people watching the Jim Crow scene in Dumbo are suddenly going to come out of that being racist I don't well, know no, I it's, obviously it's not that but it's just the idea it's, that it's haven't offensive seen the scene. Like, I it's don't know colonial how. ideology where like if you if you let the if you if you let it remain as part of the culture it continues to have that effect on the culture yeah, so yeah. I think that people are right to be asking like hey do we still want this around do we still want to be putting this out and just saying like well it was there and we respect it because it was part of the art form at the time yeah, yeah. so I suppose. you know um, in the same way that confederate statues people arguing that those people that how, th- those how offensive be is up. the actual scene that we're I, don't, I don't remember specifically it's real the, bad it's yeah. like it? it's right, like okay. the classic like if you think of sort of the, those racist caricatures of, the, of black people like the, the, the big the dolls and the, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, gollywog yeah. style stuff yeah it's, yeah, it's right, pretty bad people and they're all engaging in behavior that are stereotypical at the time like they're all smoking fat cigars and that type of shit it's it's really yeah I do know what you're talking it's about it's exactly yeah. the style of stuff that you yeah, think okay. about that was influenced um, by that racist stuff at the times people talk about uh, other scenes in Disney films that could also be seen as problematic um, like uh, there's like a scene with like Asian cats in The Lady and the Tramp <laughs> the chopstick yeah yeah there's scenes in Peter Pan with depictions of Native Americans that could be, could be questionable so there's a whole there's, there's several scenes in several Disney yeah. films already that either have been cut <laughs> or Walt people Disney say doesn't exactly have a good track yeah, history or exactly yeah. right so I don't know I suppose that I don't know. I don't think I there's much else. Current Disney doesn't <laughs> have a good track history of pro-social work. But we'll yeah. ask him when he comes out of cry on that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's much else to say about it other than I think it's it's an interesting question about what's a more valid to approach do. to the problem. I personally think the Warner Brothers approach is better because the film the film should be left to stand on its own, I think. And I think that like it's an interesting product of its time mm. that... Yeah, but I don't know. I think in this specific instance, I actually might disagree because... Kids are likely to watch this stuff as well, who are susceptible to I don't I know, the way so. media portrays like, certain things. If it's if it's a if it's a it's a it's an animated film from 1941. Yeah, parents and kids are going to have to go out of their way to choose to watch it anyway. Yeah, okay. So putting responsibility on the parents, I guess. It, yeah, so. and it goes back to like an art separating the art from the artist type thing, right? Like there are a lot of people that won't consume art from various celebrities or figures in society that have disgraced themselves somehow, hmm. even though the art itself isn't problematic yeah right similarly like if it's like why is it then okay to if this film was made by people with racist ideology and they put all this racist shit in the movie why is it okay to cut that out and then release the movie and pretend everything's fine like surely this would be an argument for saying get rid of the movie entirely so i I think think if you're going to have it out there you should have it out there and say like look this is what it is this is what these people produced you might love it but it's got these scenes in it that you might not love and it seems seems funny to it would almost be like deleting the news from celebrities that have been disgraced and say like, no, that's it's fine. It. The music's fine. Just listen to it. Or I whatever. think, yeah, and, and that's it. I think that the, the, the way that you're, it, that you just need to not glorify it and recognize what what was wrong with it, but it's not an inherently bad thing to have it be accessible if the entire product is not inherently bad. You're you right, know. though. It's hard because it's a kid yeah. kids are watching it. I, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know what the answer is. I just think that's I'd, not it. I'd have to sit down and think about it before I gave a very public opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, just, you know, once again, as, as a caveat, like, these are incredibly complex social issues that none of us have answers to. And we're, um, we're fucking morons. But it's an interesting <laughs> thing to... It's an interesting thing to discuss when I'm yeah. proposing any solutions to it. Yeah. Mm. 
But if Disney's listening, <laughs> get a hold of us and uh, sell send, send every us single cup, every we'll, single we'll piece of everything that you have and nationalize your company. <laughs> if Disney's listening. All right. Uh, should we move on to the main event? I think so. Yeah. All right. This week we watched Avengers Endgame, the long anticipated conclusion to I think what is now we're being referred to as Marvel Phase Four. Yeah, um, I think that's right. There's Jesus been like Christ. a bajillion Marvel movies that have come out in this big long sequence of superhero films that's culminated. Twenty one films before it, right? Uh, yeah, something like that. I'm going to try and pull up the list yeah. here of all the movies to see how many of them Andrew's actually seen. I found out this morning that I have actually seen all of them, which I didn't realize. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. Sorry, Andrew. I'll tell you what, speaking of things you don't want to commit to saying on public record. <laughs> Sorry, we'll erase that part of the memory mm. later, mate, so we, we can I, continue to be friends. Well, see, I, I, think, I think we've all got a lot, a lot of different perspectives on this series and Marvel as a whole. I'm personally not much of a comic book guy. Zach, I know you've, you've dabbled in comic books. That's right, and yeah. Andrew, you don't necessarily have much of a tie to many of these films, famously. Actually, um, so I thought we might go through this. There's a list here that's been posted you. online about like um, the perfect order and the chronological order nah. to watch all these films. Yet. I thought we might read through them and Andrew, you can just tell me yes or no if you've seen it. Okay. Ready? I'm going to be okay. a bit hazy, but yeah, sure. Just go yes or no. Yep. Um, Captain America, the first one? I'm going to say yes. Okay. Captain okay. Marvel? Yes. Iron Man? Yes. Iron Man 2. Yes. The Incredible Hulk, that weird one with um, Edward Norton. Yeah. No. Thor? No. Avengers? Yes. Iron Man 3? Yes. Thor The Dark World? No. Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier? No. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2? Yes. Avengers Age of Ultron? No. Ant-Man? No. Right, so this, <laughs> I think I think we've found about 2014 or 2015s where <laughs> Andrew starts to give up. Uh, Cap- <laughs> Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, I did end up seeing that one. Spider-Man: Homecoming. No. Doctor Strange. No. Black Panther. Yes. Thor: Ragnarok. Yes. Ant-Man and the Wasp. No. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War. No. The prequel to this, and the Avengers: Endgame we just saw. Yes. Right, that's a lot more than I would have thought. I, I expected we were going to get a goal thing where you were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no. So actually, it's way better than I you've thought. Seen it a, you've too. seen quite a few of them. Okay, right. Yeah, um, I've been dragged to a bunch. Interestingly, though, you didn't see. Avengers Infinity War. No. The most important film to watch before this. <laughs> yeah. Movie. There are a few things in this movie that I did not get. Yeah, right. And I, me too. Like I think I think I've seen a l- the only ones yeah. that I haven't seen the whole way through are the Thor ones and the Ant-Man ones. And so I thought it'd be right, but even then there are a couple scenes where I'm like, "Oh, what the fuck is that? Yeah, what the hell yeah. is going on? What?" I think like, literally like um this isn't a spoiler, but I think Ant-Man it's Ant-Man it, coming out of the thing, I was just like, "Okay. What? Okay, I, I think it's like <laughs> See, cuz that one's in an Ant-Man and the Wasp film, which yeah. is yeah, not yeah, Infinity right. War or any of the other Avengers films. Like no, I would have thought it'd be fine skipping Ant-Man, but it turns out having a pretty good understanding of the Ant-Man universe Universe tends to be pretty Pym, fucking yeah. important for this. Exactly. Film. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be completely fair, I have seen all of them, and yeah. I was still confused at certain points right, because yeah. of how ambitious this film is. Yeah. I, right. So we pump the brakes for a sec. Um, so Zach, you've seen all of them. That's Andrew, right. you've seen like half of them. Maybe. I yeah. think I'm one or two films more than you. Yeah. Yep. Um, we'll start off with a spoiler-free review. We try. I mean, we might give away some shit that's maybe in the trailer, some loose beats of the story. Um, no spoilers about anything specifically yeah. that happens towards the end of the Ma- film. Though. Maybe we'll g- maybe just the ending, which is a game. It's, it's in the title. You know. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll give we'll, away the final score. We'll warn you. We'll, we'll whack a little time code in the description of the pod as well, so you know yeah. where to skip if you want to. We'll warn you before they start. As a starting off, though, what do you all think? I think Zach first. What do you think of the film? Uh, all in all? Look, I'll be honest. I have never been super into Marvel. In fact, I'm much more into DC. Really big fan of that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Sucks, so bro. I have had nothing but Sorry disappointment since the Christian. Bale Dark Knight films. Do you have a dartboard with Zack Snyder's face on it? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I actually have watched all of the Marvel films, as I mentioned. Um, I was actually surprised and thought I would have missed some of them because, like I said, haven't been super into it necessarily. But <laughs> the more I watch them, the more I've decided I am consistently entertained. And that is I th- all I need to take away from these films. And that I can yeah. 100% say I was entertained, even though it was three hours. I didn't find myself feeling fatigued, and I thought I would. That's one thing that people might not realize. This film is a monolith. It really goes for it's three hours. Like very it's long. really for three hours. <laughs> all very important scenes that I'm yeah. glad they didn't. Mm. Well, it's, there's an interesting art. Let's, like, let's come back to that. What yeah. was that film? I, I literally don't even remember that film we watched recently where I, w- I, I was really bored. Was that Captain Marvel? Uh, this uh, us. Yeah, right. Um, no, well, well, you, us. You yeah, right. I thought you were fucking with me. The Jordan <laughs> Peele horror movie Us that came out recently. That's shorter than this. Mm. Um, and I was more interested in it, and I was bored. Mm. So there's definitely mm. an art to making a film go for a long time and really keeping you engaged and not boring me. Mm. Well, that personally. film also yeah. ends for quite a while too. It's like 15, 20 minutes of it <laughs> ending. So for us, yeah, yeah, no, it's fucked. Uh, fuck, <laughs> fuck that movie. Um, <laughs> But Get so, out. So you reckon you were overall? Uh, I That's personally, the other one, right? <laughs> I Thanks. personally think that um, I thought I thought it was yeah consist consistently entertaining. Yeah. I thought I had fun with this new That's film, right. but I don't think it and was I mean, nearly as good as Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah, and I can see that. I mean, well, for for all intents and purposes, watching these films should really just be human soup. Like you shouldn't really <laughs> be able to tell what the fuck's going on. But the fact you can, well, they've, they've definitely they've definitely achieved that. <laughs> yeah, that goal pretty well. Yeah, exactly. Andrew, what do you think? As someone that probably didn't have very much context, did you did you enjoy it? Look, yeah, I was filling in a lot of blanks on my own. Did you like, find it was yeah. like a standalone film enough that you weren't completely jarred out? Yes. I think really? my main issue, yes. Because I would have thought definitely not with these. It seems to mm. me like at this point, Marvel's like this giant soap opera no, where like you try and jump do, in on Game of Thrones six seasons in and you're like, what's going I on? I might have picked up on this more than you because yeah. it was targeted at me. I was yeah. looking specifically for, me. I was looking out for cues that would make it easier. They They explained things again a lot where it was like... Um, you remember that thing that happened? Well, now how this is how it's relevant, you know. Yeah. And so for and me, I was kind w- of like, oh, okay, but yeah. I think that they shouldn't have done that. I think I just should have been left behind. But then it would have yeah. appealed to fewer That's people. That's right. And they have to the do movie. that because they have to prepare yeah. to try and make money off people that haven't actually. And also, seen it's it. been over. You know, how many years? How many years was that Ten. list from? Ten uh, years. Uh, Iron, right? The first Iron Man came out in like oh, 2010. 11. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's been almost a decade. I understand why. Like I have all that. 2008. I haven't watched the first. Not right. Sorry. It's like 2008 or 2009. The first Iron Man. Whichever whichever year the last sequel in that list is or the last final film in that list is from is probably the year that they really need to start covering people's memories yeah so well I think the interesting thing about and I didn't really notice what you were talking about with them rehashing it I suppose because within the world of the story for example you have like Thor meeting it with Rocket Raccoon for the first time in five years and you have all these characters that are meeting each other almost for the first time or have sort of recap what they've been doing yeah and so even though we know characters internally in the movie's world might not know. Yeah. And so I mm. think it's perhaps a clever mechanic to get around that just the idea that yeah. it's like, right, we'll separate fucking Captain Marvel from the rest of them for a little while so that when we need to explain stuff, it's not like it happens in Gravity where you get like George Clooney explaining to Sandra Bullock another astronaut <laughs> about how <laughs> physics works. And you're like, yeah. right, well, this is just for the audience's benefit. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Overall, I thought like some parts of it, it had moments that were entertaining. I thought it was... Uh, uh, let me really bring them in down for a sec. I thought it was generally completely unfunny. I think I snickered twice during the film at moments that were... Yeah, there were bits that I know we laughed at, me and Oscar. Yeah. And I, I kept on side-eyeing and I could see that Absolutely you, weren't, you, weren't you weren't smart. You weren't smart. I think that there were a lot... 
a lot of the jokes that I liked I really liked but I agree with you a lot of the jokes just felt fucking lame and mm. I think that Infinity War was one of the funniest Marvel movies they'd yeah? ever done I think Infinity War was really funny and See, I think it did the jokes really well I found that for Thor Ragnarok but I know that there's I know there's some differing opinions on that so I'm just it gonna was trying blast past that so as quick, fucking quick as I can hard, to yeah. not really get caught up on it. <laughs> it was <laughs> trying it was so fucking hard to be funny and it fell flat almost every single time yeah. and what saved it was that Mark Ruffalo is a fantastic actor and Robert Downey Jr. is a fantastic actor. They're both and great. they single-handedly brought humor oh, to right, the film. Oh, right, you meant for this film, not Thor Ragnarok. Okay, right. Single-handedly brought humor to the film. Oh, right, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. You're never going to be able to talk about Thor Ragnarok That's because right. I'll just like, audibly <laughs> vomit on the pod. But the, right. the fact that they managed to deliver a couple of lines in a way that saved those lines is the only reason this film was ever funny well, at yeah. any moment Robbie in time. Robbie Downey Jr. is so good and I, I think it's worth watching Infinity War Man because if you enjoyed this and were entertained by it enough, I think I Infinity War is a lot better. Well, <laughs> I, think, I, think it's a lot, I sincerely think it's a lot better. Yeah, and 21 I think other films. Just my net enjoyment so of this film was that it was absolutely not worth my time. <laughs> um because I'm not a huge fan of these things. Yeah. I understand why people... I think f- for for people who... Uh, it's, uh, I think it sucks that, that you didn't love it. Um, because yeah. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, I, I hope... Th- I had hoped that this for you was like a big culmination of like a crescendo. I hoped that this was a crescendo for people who really wanted it to be. And it sort of sounds like it might have... Almost done that, but missed the mark a yeah. little bit. A little bit. If I they th- if they peaked too early with a film previously, then I think yeah. that's really undoing themselves. But for certain reasons, in like general, I'll explain later. I was satisfied. Yeah. Okay. Well, so for me, in general, this as a standalone film was not anything special. I think it, it it one of the main downfalls is that it because it was about so many characters, it needed to show every character's reaction to every event. So yeah. often you would get a panning camera shot across nine people's faces and it was just like, holy shit. Mm. You just wasted, you know, 40 seconds of screen time. Yeah. I guess that's part of the problem that Marvel have put themselves in. When yeah. They can't just make a standalone this, Avengers film yeah. when they've built up a world around it with 21 films of however many hours. And this film like, has to wrap up everything. Exactly. And, and it has to in some in some way like acknowledge its fan base by presenting some nostalgia. Right. And the, so. the entire point of the Avengers existing is that it's a like in, in this world is that mm. it's a it's a mashup. It's this is a mix up. It's it's two it's a what are the a crossover is that what the TV yeah. series yeah. used to call them where like you yeah. would have like oh, right. Allison from Medium is so on the comic, ER this so the comic week book, yeah. the comic book this is comic that right that. And that's exactly. where the term comes from yeah crossovers and so like the well, so it's supposed to the be idea a larger of a life crossover. a bit silly the idea that there are characters that would never normally meet that are in a team together now like Bat- sure Batman yeah. and Superman together it doesn't nail right that tone though because yeah, it doesn't no, have so. that kind of like it doesn't have that levity that it did and they made it very serious oh I don't know see like we've I've I think I've mentioned this to you a couple times. Justice League is the is the exact sort of tone that you're talking about in terms of seriousness, and it's so boring. I think Justice which the, League, which is a huge yeah. problem when when you have a melting pot of heroes that can do anything, you have to make it interesting. And if it's too serious, you just become disengaged because mm. there's also very often in superhero films um, nothing at stake because yeah. you know yeah. a lot of them can't die. So the fact that you have humor backing it up, which I think was really done well in Guardians of the Galaxy, absolutely, and some other films, yeah, yeah, and Infinity War, as you mentioned, so it's, yeah. a sh- it's a shame. Yeah, exactly. It's a shame that the humor didn't carry through in this one because that's yeah. the reason that the Marvel mashup kind of works because it has a quirky often or in other films quirky humorous tone that invites you to laugh at how stupid it all is yeah which is a really good way to actually get people to buy into the ridiculous notion yeah, that's like happening on screen deadpool works really well like that as well yeah um 
I had I, a couple of so like other than that, um, there were a few moments that really like th- this. I, I noted them down like that just completely missed the mark for me. Uh, like Thanos, uh, the the first moment I I kind of <laughs> try uh, to keep it light. On I won't I won't spoil it, but like there's a moment where Thanos says, "I am inevitable," mm. and he's wearing. A t-shirt and basically jeans <laughs> and I just thought it was so fucking ridiculous there, there were a lot yeah. of scenes with Thanos wearing a giant t-shirt that yeah. looks like it was cut by American crew it's I like a v-neck this guy's meant to be a yeah. space alien yeah, yeah I right. thought that every single time Hulk was wearing clothes it was ridiculous okay I will say I think one of <laughs> like the best things like a zip up polar fleece thing yeah, yeah. one, one of glasses. the best things about this movie I thought actually like deviating from my my <laughs> elongated review for a sec <laughs> it was the choice to make Mark Ruffalo, yeah. the Hulk, Hulk mode, but able to be. I really liked it. Uh, it made his character really interesting. Bruce Banner. I, I really, liked I really it. liked it. I thought, yeah. I thought it was a great decision. I thought his. F- I agree, but I thought his face looked fucked very frequently. It did. did you ever agree? And the, mo- the mocap was or sort was of some uncanny valley kind of shit. Uh, yeah, yeah it, the mocap was too good. It, it didn't look like he was Hulk mode, but it also didn't quite look like Mark Ruffalo. It looked like yeah. it was kind of just not quite capturing his facial movements. But yeah, I kind of looked how yeah. old all the characters looked. Like I really thought it was great having the scene towards the beginning where Iron Man is just totally fucked. Yeah, and yeah, almost. And like how he was um, em- emaciated? Is that the word? Emaciated. Yeah. 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 Oh, 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 that was almost the word. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen, who? Sorry, Oscar. Was it? <laughs> um, and I, you know, and same deal with. I mean, Captain America looked kind of weary. Um, Him and hosting Hulk, yeah. like Hulk with like like a salt and pepper Hulk looked really funny. Yeah. yeah. The other moment that that I noted down, which was also right at the start of the film. So like this film has a general tone for those. This is a spoiler for like uh, the end of Infinity War, but obviously people know by now. I think that that Thanos clicks and fifty percent of of life forms are turned into dust, and it means that this film, at least, should have this horrific umbrella of loss constantly over the top of it. And I think it does that well. I think it does it pretty well. Yeah, I was pretty I was pretty happy with the but way the it way, did that. But the way but it's very clumsily executed in certain moments. Like the idea that the the moment that I kind of was felt kind of encapsulated it was like Captain America hosting a support group mm. at one point mm. and like it was a, a bit ridiculous a because it's like Half the like you, the world is in complete chaos and crime would be higher than ever. Like you have something better to be doing right now than hosting yeah. a support group. Well, there's another but character that goes down that path specifically. Absolutely, so. and then yeah, but I mean they both should probably be doing. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I think it, I know I know it's showing the human factor and like it allows someone a normie to talk about their their loss. And but it kind of shows how the world's moved on a bit as well. Yeah. But he immediately compares it to like his experience, and it just doesn't come off. He like story tops the dude because this Kim. guy's like, yeah, I went on, yeah, 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 I went on yeah. a date, and then he's like, yeah, I was in the ice for seventy years, and it's like, <laughs> it seems mate. like it's an AA <laughs> yeah. meeting, and Captain America just won't stop bringing up the ice in forty five. Yeah. yeah, it's like he's the worst <laughs> support group host ever. Can it you would imagine be, like, being be like having a president host like an Alcoholics Anonymous group. <laughs> Can be you like, imagine yeah. being an actor though, and just being like, I got it, I finally got into a Marvel film. What are you? Support group <laughs> one. You're yeah. like beat dad seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it sucks. I thought it was interesting. There's, there's a character that goes through like a, a deserted neighborhood with like um, mm. uh, like deserted like broken down houses and things. I thought it was, thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was. I think often it, these films. Those are the moments that do it better. Yeah, yeah. But there were moments that did yeah. it worse. I think I'm giving it credit, but like often these films don't do those sorts of world yeah. building things yes. very well. And I think this did it Which is well enough that I was surprised and yeah. enjoyed it. Which yeah. is the thing I'm consistently sort of um, in 
I consistently enjoy in Marvel films is the fact that they take the time to build the worlds world really intricately in a lot of ways. Mm. Whereas like, yeah. yeah, okay, maybe not in every situation, but I mean like I watched uh, Aquaman recently and that <laughs> kind of builds an interesting world, but it doesn't really delve into it at all. It, I, think it, I think it shows you, I, I haven't seen it, but yeah, from yeah. what I understand, it I'm shows you a soon, very so interesting world, but then doesn't build it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas you know it just I mean? takes the time to sort of pull yeah. you through it and sort of build things up. And I, I don't know, I really like it when it does yeah. that. It did it better than I expected, yeah. for sure. And that's what, that's what happens. I'm, I'm always, yeah it, yeah, it doesn't blow me away. But <laughs> I am always like, oh, this is just a comic book film, but it's actually building the world in an intricate yeah. way that makes me sort of think that the crafters cared about their work. And I suppose know. films like Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool and the X-Men movies do that pretty well. Exactly. And a lot of the time you find that um, if you look at the source material of the comics, they actually try and keep it pretty, um, they try and keep some of the similar story beats yeah, and some of the ways even the character appearances sort of come across. Whereas they could just do whatever the hell they wanted when they have those producers with all that money behind them. But they actually yeah. try and sort of keep um, coming back to that source material and paying homage to it rather than just overriding it and doing it in a way that doesn't make an awful film when in all rights it sometimes should. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is really interesting. I was chatting to a friend of the show, Mary, who um, was very happy to get a shout out last week. Here's <laughs> the second one for you, Mary. This <laughs> one's on me. Um, and she was saying how, like, she's with me that, that, that she finds it absolutely impossible to suspend her disbelief in these films. Mm. That she, A, can't distinguish herself from the uh, capitalist material reality that these films are made in. And B... That is a big problem. Like, we're watching this knowing that Spider-Man 3 is coming out absolutely. next year. And you're like, right, well, obviously... Spider-Man's coming back. Yeah, and also just like how disgustingly focus-grouped these films are and how like every scene kind of like, you know, something happens to a major character reasonably early on in the film and it's a very violent act um, that I guess we'll we'll mention later, but um, you don't see any blood. You never see any blood really because like... You see in a hologram. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, in a hologram. Yeah, 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 I noticed it it because it has an M rating because an M rating means that anyone can go see this film. I didn't know it was this M. Yeah, unaccompanied. There were lots of loud little kids in this film. Absolutely. (laughs) I thought Um, when we were watching it, not not like in the film, like in the theatre. She completely struggles to suspend her disbelief as do I and it makes this... it, It makes every moment that you... Every moment is an uphill battle to convince yourself to let go of that and enjoy the film because mm. I find it, it whenever the, that's why as soon as the the phrase like quantum what was what quantum was that realm as soon as you're that like, phrase oh, happened yeah. <laughs> I I like my eyes glazed over and I just started like seeing through time yeah. because you're like oh they can they I was, can do whatever they want now <laughs> no I was just so angry because it was like oh now they're just gonna like wash over the concept of quantum physics and then at one point See, like, they Robert Downey Jr.'s character so Iron Man comes in and he, or Tony Stark comes in and he's, and he's talking about um, he's like uh, no because you've forgotten about this paradox Blank and this paradox stuff, and this whatever yeah. and, and it, the point is that you shouldn't understand what those things are and I knew what a couple of them were and I yeah. was like yeah, yeah that, that well maybe that is a problem but also like just just don't say it. The point is, like, this guy's smarter than you and he's saying smart stuff and you don't get it, but the reason, like, he's the reason why it... it yeah, I suppose, I mean, like, that's a trope in a lot of science fiction. I, I don't really so. have it is, a problem with a lot of sci-fi of that. does it better. And there mm. are very elegant ways to handle those types yeah. of things and yeah. these films never fucking do them. Captain Marvel was abysmal about that. It had so many things yeah. in it where it's like, the that great, couldn't happen, that mm, couldn't the happen. The great telephone box happen. scene that I've only well, heard 50 exactly. times really. <laughs> I think that you have so to... The, 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 my, my, my bottom line is that, um, in general, this film also suffered from a, a bunch of things that just meant that I couldn't suspend my disbelief. Yeah, and I yeah. spent a lot of scenes being like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, right. I, th- I think I've said it before, but I think it, for me personally, with a lot of these films, as long as they give me some kind of explanation, 
like no. I'm happy. Like yeah. just just the I idea feel that it's like very different for different people. It is. This is a completely yeah. personal thing, and a lot yeah, of people just don't get that. Enough. And I envy you because it means that you enjoy these things a lot more. <laughs> um. So one thing about Thanos is that in he was actually fleshed out. An incredible amount in Infinity War. Yeah. So you would have felt he was probably glossed over in this one because they can't just keep giving him camera time. And what I found is, I know this, uh, we're not going to focus on Infinity War that much, but he is um, very humanized in a lot of scenes. That I got just a sense of the depth of his character. Him just talking to us, uh, like having yeah. a soliloquy, explaining to Gamora, his daughter who now hates him, how he wants to do all these things. Yeah. And then there's a scene um, where. He, he kills his uh, daughter in Infinity War and he's crying in it and he's this big purple dude and you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't care. It, it, they do it really the, well. scrotum chin. Yeah, exactly. And you feel weird empathy for him even though yeah. he's the big villain. I was very impressed by that in Infinity War. The downside yeah. is that they're obviously going to gloss over it in the, in the sequel because it's, an, it's a direct sequel that's meant to not yeah. repeat every scene. That I, also, I also agree with the premise of his actions. Like, and it's really he interesting. He is yeah. trying to create a sustainable universe that's and right. everyone around him is too short short-sighted to understand that and like actually if you look at it from a totalitarian or a yeah. utilitarian moralistic perspective the avengers are the bad guys that's right. hot take yeah right that they're trying to do which i think is cool yeah. it is cool but it doesn't explore it at all <laughs> well well again in infinity war um he does explain and he explains it but it doesn't explore yeah. it there's scenes where he goes down to planets and culls them by hand like well yeah. not by hand but with armies and, and stuff and the infinity the infinity gauntlet is the way his humane way of doing that. Mm. So they do kind of explore it a lot of yeah. interactions between him and his daughters. Like it's interesting. There's like background stories as well with like background from Gamora and all that. And you see like flashbacks of him like annihilating her planet and rescuing yeah. her. And there's all this like a lot of the yeah. human side of you see. Yeah. And like how like a lot of the shit he's doing is justifiable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Almost. I think it's really interesting about Avengers films and in terms of like what which ones stand alone. All the Avengers films are almost kind of like a soap where like you're lost <laughs> if you haven't seen all the other ones. And it's, it's like... <laughs> yeah. It's like trying to jump in on like Game of Thrones season six and not understanding what's going on. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. You're, not, you're not really supposed to. Yeah. Like, fuck you for watching this Which one. is why I right. like that you felt it was standalone enough that you weren't completely jarred out. No, that's, that's really definitely, cool. There were yeah. definitely a lot of... And maybe it was just because I'd seen you know more than half. Yeah, yeah I guess um, so. I, I think a point. lot of the other the other ones that stand alone, I think the, some of the best Marvel movies are the ones that stand alone. Like the first Iron Man, a lot of the ones where they introduce characters re- do really well at being mm. like... yeah. Movies that stand alone perfectly, like the Guardians of the Galaxy films, for example, yeah. Deadpool films, Black Panther, and Doctor Strange, and the new Spider-Man movie. I think all of those do a really good job of standing alone. I think it's, I think it's impressive, if anything, that we've never had people pointed out. And I hadn't really appreciated it because these films have never been for more than 10 years. Yep. This has never been done before with films that reference themselves and standalone films that all get tied together by one other film. Like it's happened with yeah, TV, but no we've never had... No companies like had enough money to well, do it. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's kind of amazing that they've done it and yeah. now kind of wrapped it up where like never before have we had a film that you need to watch seven other standalone films to even really understand and all these films that tie into other films and relate to each other. Yeah. I think it's, I think I think it's kind of amazing. I think the scale of the beast is something that right. hasn't been done before. Absolutely yeah, incredible. Right. Yeah. So just even in terms of like having of this final Endgame film that wraps everything up and finally brings everything together, I think is really interesting and really well done. Yeah. yeah. And I think part of the thing that I always find really mesmerizing and cool is just the choreography of having those characters in a fight sequence that isn't just completely disorienting because they do yeah. try and give everyone enough screen time. <laughs> um, and especially at one point in this film, there was a lot going on that I should have just thought were streaks of color, but instead I could actually pick out certain bits if I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I agree with you actually that I, I felt like there were no moments that were super confusing. Yeah. And they all feel natural fight scenes. Yeah. Like, oh, he would throw his 
shield like that and then Hulk would get up and dodge that. But then you think, no, they had to script that fight scene exactly. move by move to do all the CG and get everything looking yeah. perfect. So yeah, it feels their, natural. They're 50 digital artists to work on. Yeah, yeah it's 50? Yeah. Man. <laughs> 50 production companies. What low budget ass <laughs> movie are you making? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think about the edit? I think that in terms of the three hour long mark, on the one hand, I think it's great that we had lots of little weird intimate scenes and yeah. little beats that could have easily been cut. But on the other hand, it does find you watching it being like, all right, come on, this is three hours and I'm watching these two have some fucking conversation about nothing. Basically, any time where characters tried to be funny, I think could have gone. Like, I think there are because a they lame often jokes, pause yeah. for the jokes and it's like, just no, just fucking move on or say yeah. something better. Like, like yeah. there's a scene with the Hulk and a baby that I think was really lame and was supposed to be really funny. Yeah, and that, so, that joke yeah. happens like six times in that scene. Yeah. And I think that was kind of lame. But I don't really know how I feel about whether um, they could whether a lot of those scenes should have been cut or not. Like, there are a few scenes where it just doesn't... It, it does seem like it's a weird, intimate little thing. Yeah. Um, for, for example, the intro shot with Jeremy Renner. Yeah, like, which I which was really, really cool. liked. I think it never felt rushed. Yeah. I'll say that. That's what and it that's is. And that's very so, surprising. Yeah, so because they you managed would to get pacing really well on a three-hour-long so. film, which is That's what I mean. And maybe it would have been worse if they'd cut out a lot of the small, intimate, slow scenes. Maybe. Because it would have felt like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's a good so point. I don't really know what I would have... I would have preferred that some scenes get replaced, but I don't think that it needed to be shorter. Which is interesting. Which is yeah. incredible. I yeah. expected to come out of it, and almost coming out of it, straight away I thought oh I could have cut half an hour out of that but the more I think about it the more I yeah, think that maybe it, it didn't suffer from being three it might be long. why it's so long yeah. that they tested it and people were like dude there's too much fucking happening here and they were like yeah. and that's maybe that's why the jokes are so bad because they had to write it the night before <laughs> they released it it also has tonal whiplash where like you'll go mm. from a very emotional scene and then characters it's almost like they can't keep the tone the same for too long or else people will get Bored allegedly, yeah. so like there was they chuck in a bit of funny thing, and like the soundtrack is like it's like this boop, 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 yeah. boop, boop, thing that makes you feel better. Is it's that like Zoidberg? you can't be yeah, <laughs> we can't be sad. Is Danny Elfman doing Zoidberg? <laughs> it's like they can't be sad for too long, but then without having like something yeah. break the ice, and then it's like yeah, I don't know, just a lot of the interactions between um, Scarlett Johansson's character and Jeremy Renner's character were that where it was like you know they had moments of like in being very. Oh, oh, so okay. At one point, she gets off a a call and is extremely upset. Mm. And Captain America walks in the room, and within like ten seconds, she's joking. I did find again, that. and I it was did just find like, that a bit like she would mm. be. She they're all still like traumatized and devastated, and I really wanted it to. I, I felt like the moments where it approached the trauma that the previous film's ending had upon them were actually kind of its strongest moments mm, where yeah. like it really did explore that like yeah these guys are they're they're fucking tired man like yeah. they're tired and they lost hard they are beaten into the ground like iron man right at the beginning of the film was basically given up yeah yeah um, and i really i thought i actually would have loved for them to be brave enough to have one of the characters oh. be like no dude well i'm done like well, yeah. I'm really well, that's properly done. That's almost what they try and do. But I kind yeah, of, but then I don't they, know. I think the spirit yeah. of the team is yeah. they've got to get them back together again for one final hurrah. Yeah, I, I just you know, as always, I wish they took yeah. more risks. It's interesting because yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had I had a friend recently tell me um, that the whole point of the hero genre is to give hope, and I feel like it's hard to do that and then also get like an edgy kind of realistic take that, for example, Watchmen does. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't want. I, I feel don't... like it's either going to be <laughs> one or the other. And if you have a, like a couple of different tones, maybe it doesn't work. If I you're getting know. your hope from Marvel films, I think something's oh, probably not healthy in your <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, so. but just more like the superhero genre in general, I suppose. Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel yeah. like Watchmen is an antithesis to that and works really well. So I don't know. It's I think the one. I think the one thing that these last two Avengers films have done really well is give the, a series that has never had any sense of stake some stakes. So, yeah. like, which obviously is, we saw yeah. everyone disintegrate at the end of the previous one. So that Infinity War film came out right after Black Panther That's when we right, knew yeah. that we were going to get a Black Panther sequel because fucking obviously we were because that just did so well. Yeah. And so you can watch Black Panther disintegrate and be like, right, well, he's not dead. And you can watch Spider-Man disintegrate and be like, right, yeah. well, he's not dead. But for a lot of the other ones, because me not knowing the comic books, I didn't really know how they were going to go about trying to get some of these people back. Yeah. I didn't know how many people really were dead for real. Yeah. And so you get that kind of It was of different from how I... Because um, I'd read a bit about how the comic book works. It was it was different. So Right. Well, yeah. see, I was again, worried it was going to spoil what happens, but it was so completely different from you and were talking about how some characters die not due to the due Infinity War. That's right, and, yeah. And yeah. For example, Loki gets his neck snapped in the first 10 yeah. minutes of Infinity yeah. War. So I was so even though there's a whole bunch of culling at the end, there are still deaths on the way that then like Vision gets his head ripped out, and I've heard people say they didn't find that particularly sorrowful. And I mean Vision's not exactly a main character. I had to show you what he looked like, for example. Yeah. yeah. So Don't but remember. like he does get pretty brutally killed. And like yeah, that's yeah. all before the snap as well. So. And so I think that's really interesting. And so when when it happens in Infinity in, in this second film now, yeah. there's more options for more stakes where you, you think like, oh fuck, well, I, I only know that there's another Spider-Man. If you break yourself out of the film and go, right, well I only know there's a Spider-Man sequel and a Guardians of the Galaxy sequel, anyone else is fair game. Yeah. Suddenly it seems that there is a bit of stake. Yeah. And mm. definitely for a lot of these characters that you've known for so long, like, I don't know, it's hard because on the one hand, like I couldn't give a fuck about another Iron Man movie. Right. So it's like I don't feel like I'm personally losing anything if we lose just speaking completely hypothetical if we lose Iron Man but then like um or like you know I haven't watched the last few Captain America movies I don't really give a shit about yes. Scarlett Johansson's character but yeah. on the other hand it's like no we could really lose those guys like <laughs> yeah I don't I don't we had they haven't announced another sequel so I any did of these feel, people are fair game Yeah I did feel a little more like there were possible consequences in this than you usually do in a in a Marvel film. And I yeah. think that's a really good direction to be going in. It definitely wasn't far yeah, enough there, mm. but... And I mean, I've mentioned that, yeah, sometimes it deviates from what is canon in the comic book series. Because I mentioned to Andrew, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Oscar, but in Captain America's Civil War, Steve Rogers dies at the end of that. He is supposed to be killed by right. Tony Stark. I think it's they're fighting, but he subsequently gets killed by, I don't know, an anvil falls on him or something like that. <laughs> but it's definitely because of them fighting. Yeah. And then that's supposed to... And <laughs> then Fucking grand piano falls yeah, on Yeah, Tony him. Stark yeah. paints, a, Boom, zing, pow, paints yeah. a tunnel entrance on a cliff face <laughs> and he yeah. runs into it. It was it really actually fast. Spider-Ham that got him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, sometimes they do change things. And apparently it was because the studio liked Chris Evans so much. Yeah, um, yeah. and also because they, they had to really <laughs> wrap up the whole fucking saga yeah exactly Captain America like three movies before the end yeah and then what happens is uh, Bucky the the steel arm dude he becomes the new Captain America that's what happens which is oh, yeah, a right. completely yeah. different direction they have gone down by the way so um, but yeah I don't know sometimes your, your ideas of, of what the stakes can be do get taken away from you mm. yeah okay so I guess summing up like our review of it mm. do you guys think it was worth seeing and if so what would you qualify that with I would say this as I would about any other Avengers movie, I think it definitely doesn't stand alone. You need to be passably familiar with all the other ones. That's because they stand together, mate. That's <laughs> I think for this one specifically, I think it's definitely worth seeing if you watched Infinity War and liked it and you want to see how it all wraps up because I honestly think this does it really well. There are a few lame jokes and it's a little long, but I think all in all, I really enjoyed it and I think that I was entertained by it. Um, 
I think that it doesn't stand alone, though. And if you couldn't give a shit about the Marvel movies, or if you haven't really seen very many of them, I think that you're either going to be a little bit lost when you go to watch this movie, or you're not going to know enough about any of the characters. And you're not going to care enough to really see how it wraps up. I think it's yeah. literally... It's literally like jumping in on the last season yeah. of, a, of a TV show. Yeah. And being like, oh, should I watch the last season of Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad or yeah. whatever? It's like, oh, I don't know. Should you? Do you want to? Yeah. And I think if, if you... It's different from Game of Thrones in that it's not a linear plot along along all of the branching other yeah. bits. So you can follow like... If you watched all the Avengers films, literally, maybe, yeah. you'd probably follow it pretty well. Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah. So if you've seen about half of the films like Andrew, you probably won't get super yeah. lost. I think that if you already want to watch it, you should go watch it. Yeah. If you're not sure, then... <laughs> In which then case, you're just it, a man. member it's of the planet. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's three hours and... If you're not already... I'll, I'll put it this way. If you're not already all in on the Avengers, yeah. I would I'd give it a miss. And, I, you know, I wouldn't bother filling in the time because it's like fucking yeah. 12 hours of movie at minimum required to <laughs> understand. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's I think it's really it's it's really good at what it set out to do and it achieves it really well. And yeah. it's a great ending to the series, I think. And it could have been a bit better with a few lame jokes and a few little scenes that I think bad. But I think all in all, it's a solid like, I know we don't give scores, but it's a solid like six or seven out of ten for me. I, I, was, I think it, it achieves yeah. what it said us to do. It's not bad. It's not like I'm saying it's a bad movie. I just think that there's so much other baggage that comes with the series that you either know whether you want to see this or you don't. I'm like warm, lukewarm on this. It's like... Uh, we know, can turn the air conditioner. As a, compa- <laughs> as a comparison... <laughs> it's very hard. In here. <laughs> as a comparison point, Captain Marvel was a fucking mess. And yeah. this, which by all rights should have been much more of a yeah. complex mess felt a lot more cohesive and a lot more well thought out. So personally, I think this is, you know, you're better off going, if, if you're interested in any Marvel films, but you're not already all in, you're better off going in on Avengers than any other specific Marvel series other than Iron Man, because I really like those. Yeah. But yeah. credit where credit's due, I think Zach's right. I think the fact that these films managed to pull off such a complex nexus of stories I prefer the term human soup, but sure. <laughs> human soup is a good one. It makes uh, uh, makes them in some ways impressive, yeah. but you know, this film doesn't. It suffers from the same problems. Where if you're skeptical, you, you won't suspend your disbelief. Yeah. There's nothing too deep. Well, they're not um, arty films. They, they just skim over a lot yeah. of yeah. action-y comedy yeah. movies. So I think maybe a good way to watch these, if you've never seen any Marvel movies, is perhaps. Just pick, first of all, pick, who are you? Yeah. I really want to meet you. Yeah, wow. Where have you been? Probably in the ice since forty five. Give me a, give or something me a fucking like ticket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Mary's got an inexhaustible supply of like friends in Eastern Europe who've never seen Shrek oh, and man. shit. So maybe some of them. Jeez. I think. What do you reckon? This. I think that maybe a good way to watch these films is if you've never seen them is you have to watch every Avengers movie, mm. and between those, you should just pick the single character movies that interest you. So you might watch a yeah. couple single characters and then the first Avengers movie and then a couple yeah. of the ones that came after that and then the next one. So as long as you're filling in a few of the gaps with single standalone character movies between each viewing of each Avengers movie, yeah. I think you'd be fine. Yeah, cool. Like, So you mean, for example, the Avengers films and the Guardians films? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe the Thor. Yeah, so like, for example, there are a few... Like with this yeah. one, I was kind of lost not having watched Ant-Man. Um, yeah, I which was surprisingly important for knowing what happened to Paul right? Rudd's it's character. It's like Paul yeah. Rudd just had a really I've, significant. I've, like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I forgot until the scene came on with him, and I had to lean over to and be like, "Oh, by the way, all these things that you should yeah, know about exactly." This <laughs> the cap- like some of the character, like Captain America: Civil War, is basically an Avengers movie. Yeah, yes, um, and, that's what, and yeah. the directors I think it helped a lot having me having seen that. One. Yeah, yeah, and the, uh, Anthony and Joe Russo, the directors for this film, they said it's integral to watch Infinity War. And Captain Whoops. America: Civil War, 
which is funny because they directed both of those films as well. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they say it's important that you buy the DVD special yeah. editions of those, <laughs> which which is funny. But also they said, and I think it's true that yeah. they're pretty integral to what's going on because you yeah. also got to understand some of the intricacies of Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, and you know, yeah, how, exactly how that all works. So part of the reason why I was able to follow a lot is because I know what happened in Infinity War, and I've talked to a lot of people about it. Because you've been on the internet, on Twitter, yeah. and shit. Yeah, exactly. But if I hadn't had any of that, this movie would have been. Absolutely unintelligible. Yeah, so I okay. think if you the, the, the meme market on Twitter has done wonders. To Seriously, <laughs> if yeah. you're unaware of like a lot of the plot snaps, then if you're if you're unaware of a lot of the plot beats of the first one, just passively, you won't understand this at all. Yeah, right. So, It'd be better if you could yeah. just snap your fingers and magic all of those half the magic half of the half of the series in your head. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, does anyone have anything that they'd like to say spoilery? Because I think we've, we've, we've done a pretty good job of reviewing the whole film. Does I will say, I'd like to talk a bit about the end. Got a bit yeah, of a seal. Okay, yeah. so I I'd know. say, if you really want to watch this new Avengers movie, Avengers yeah. Endgame, we're going to give some spoilers now. Yeah. Skip through to the time code at the end of the, end of the, end of the episode, if you want to hear the end of the episode. Um, otherwise, it was nice to have you listening. We're yeah. going to spoil the movie now, so this is your fair warning. You've had a good 10 seconds to pull the car over, crash it off the side of a bridge <laughs> or whatever you want. Um, Throw your phone in the river. Yeah, yeah. Uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. All right, Andrew. Are we ready now? So, yeah, Scarlett Johansson dies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think Thanos that bends over at one point. I'm really disappointed uh, we didn't Thanos get is a thing that happens. <laughs> so, there was, there was a popular fan theory online that the best way to kill Thanos would be to get Ant-Man to go tiny, fly up Thanos's asshole. <laughs> and then what, were you, what word almost just came out of your I mouth. literally forgot the word anus. I was like, fuck, what happens? You're going to say Thanos. Fly up the hole in his butt. <laughs> um, and then expand and go big and just explode Thanos in a theory yeah. that was dubbed Explode Thanos. everywhere. Yeah. Um, there was, I think several of the actors were asked whether Thanos were the thing and because they couldn't say anything. Thanos. They didn't, like Thanos is good. They didn't deny it explicitly and people were like, oh my God, Thanos is happening. <laughs> yeah, Thanos get, is real. We didn't get Thanos. Oh, um, damn. Which is a bit Still major. Speaking of spoilers, cut. it reminds me, I was telling, um, I think maybe both of you in the car, but apparently the uh, Marvel studio is very secretive of the of the scripts that they have. And mm. I read an article, I can't verify its authenticity, but I do know that apparently that there's, there's people saying that the final draft script, like a complete draft script, was stored in a room that had to have a code to access to it. Um, and it was also guarded by a physical guard at all <laughs> times. And you had to be watched by someone else if you wanted to look at the script. And apparently it was on a tablet and with the press of one button, you could delete that entire tablet and get rid of the draft script. I think that Shit. sounds ridiculous that and sounds way too risky, but apparently it's just indicative of how really secretive they it's are. It's probably backed up somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like and the fact that Tom Holland, for example, doesn't even know who he's fighting in certain <laughs> scenes so that he can't spoil what's going on. And the fact that doesn't look stupid is really funny, but... Yeah. But it also goes to show like how much fucking money is behind yeah. these things where they're just like, nah, we can't... This is, this is where the money yeah, is, man. That's like, right. Uh, yeah. In terms of spoilery stuff at the end, I think it's really interesting. And I read an article. Why doesn't Ant Man do that? <laughs> this is part. Of, this is get. This really. Well, see, that's, it that's really does get at the roots of part of why I don't like mm. these. There's movies. a lot of super powerful. Like for example, the the Infinity Gauntlet. If you put it together, they explained it a lot more in the in the previous one, the right. uh, Infinity War, yeah. about what each stone does and what specific powers you get with yeah. that glove. But like literally, the Reality Stone means that he can create anything he wants and make anything. And so it literally means you can do it. It almost means you can do anything. 
if you have the gauntlet. Right. So there are yeah. split seconds where, like, when when Thanos has the gauntlet on, you're like, right, he could do this, 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 yeah. this. Uh, Hulk could do this. Why doesn't he do this? And that's one problem I have with like a literal glove that lets you do anything. Another problem is it's like you have to snap your fingers, just being such a dumb thing. Like, like why isn't it just like a a thing that you hold and then I thought he he did it for effect at the end of Infinity War. I didn't realize it was like an ability you have to do, like a Mortal Kombat button combo to snap your fingers. Exactly, it's just dumb. It's like that's a very human thing. It's very silly that that's the thing. Like, Um, it's as good as anything else, but none of them are good. Like, (laughs) it's it's like saying you have to like slap. Oh, I mean, it's because the, the finger guns doesn't really make as much <laughs> of a... Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what if you're just trying to think of something and it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, he did it twice. That's a quarter. <laughs> Another thing that I think is interesting is the whole idea that there are several specific characters that are so powerful that they could just complete the whole story themselves. Yeah. Captain Marvel is the, the Flash of this franchise. Do you mean the Superman of this series? No, the Flash. Because Flash, Flash resets can... everything by running around a lot. Yeah, Is that but the mean? Flash can do fucking anything because he can move fast. He, he can like fly. move individual molecules around. The Flash is like a really bad paradox because like he can he can manipulate matter in such a way that he could basically, given enough time, do anything. Yeah. And so the fact that well, he doesn't do anything. People more commonly anything. say that about Superman. Yeah. It's another because big problem. Because the Flash can still die, whereas yeah. Superman is impervious to all. But he could just move faster than literally well, like, anything Cap- that could kill him. Yeah, we, I agree with you. So like uh, the Cap- Flash is just the example that I've heard of, but Captain yeah, right. Marvel Captain is Captain Marvel is like almost like a literal god in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently Scarlet Witch is similarly super powerful. So there's a bit in the early in this movie where they just have to fuck both those characters way off. Yeah. Like Captain Marvel's like, I'm busy elsewhere in the galaxy. Scarlet Witch is trapped somewhere yeah. and they can't be in the movie for the whole it's movie otherwise cool. a lot of the well, problems would be she solved was, she was snapped out of existence so oh, that's right, what she I couldn't tell you why Captain Marvel wasn't in the rest of this film well, by the way. she said in the hologram that she's going to be busy uh, she said everything, <laughs> everything all the problems you're having right. on Earth she said <laughs> yeah, all the yeah, problems yeah. you're having on Earth there are thousands of planets out there they're all having the same problems I've got to help there except that Thanos isn't on those yeah but no one told her so no one knew that at the time yeah. right but st- yeah. as soon as Thanos comes to yeah. invade she's there still did no one like call her and say like, "Hey, we figured out this fucking time thing"? Now nah, she's like Bill Murray. She doesn't have a mobile number. <laughs> she was um, supposed to be the start of the next set of the Avengers. So obviously, as we know, Captain America too old. He's going to be done. Hopefully, um, Robert Downey Jr. super dead. So he's done. Also too. Expensive so this was Disney supposed to. to yeah, exactly. Yeah. Disney didn't have enough yeah. money. So what's basically I think supposed. I to forgot be the case. where the spoilers bit. I was like, Zach, what are you doing? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I started it off with Scarlett yeah. Hansen dies. She does anyway. <laughs> Um, so they're supposed to be It's like a changing of the guard Where Captain Marvel's going to be The new Captain America face Of the of the thing and I know, I know really you hate bad. this I know you hate this Because they're going to keep doing it But that's why This series wanted uh, This series of films Wanted to end on those two And the other original Avengers So they basically have their time handing over. Like even the Incredible Hulk Has I think lost the ability To use his like right arm I think that's going to be permanent yeah. And so um, A lot of them have just got, And there's I think I hope Jeremy Renner Is just going to be like Fuck this shit And just Or I don't know Maybe go to jail What well, guy's Jeremy a boring been, ass character anyway What a shit Avenger He's been out of it for he's ages He, he yeah, retired he's from being an Avenger yeah. for ages yeah. yeah so he's been with his family That's why that whole scene Was kind of sure, cool Sure but you shoot fucking arrows man Yeah I know Who He's pretty good at fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah but you Like you can just get crushed By a boulder That's right no, Who I fucking think, cares I man? think Green Arrow I mean uh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so yeah, so that's yeah, why I boring. think that sure it was a bit stupid that the really powerful Avengers weren't there, but the mm. whole point was to just give the screen time to the ones that 
change the guard yeah. over. So, yeah. I, so I was like, okay, sure. You want Robert Downey Jr. and um, Chris Evans to be the people that finished this plot. And so I was yeah. like, well, that's fair enough. Then. I think that towards the end of the film, I don't know how you feel about this. I think that towards the end of this film, with a big battle, it kind of disappears up its own ass a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, don't you mean oh, that Ant-Man oh, no, disappeared yeah. up to... <laughs> <laughs> only, in my, only in my wildest dreams. Yeah. Um, just to be clear, Ask no fainters. Um, but like, no, I mean, I, I really hate a big battle scene with like a million troops on one side yeah. and a million troops on the other because I think there's no conceivable way of conveying that scale and it just ends up being this Transformers-y mess. I yeah. think this film did a good job of avoiding it being unfollowable. Yeah. But I like a film where the the scale feels a bit smaller in terms of a final conflict. I, also, I think uh, even like the worst bit of the original Avengers movie is when they're just going through... New York fighting countless amounts of aliens yeah. poking out of the portal yeah. because you have no idea if they're winning, who's winning, why they're winning in any other way than them showing you specific little small scenes that are supposed to convey that. Yeah. And then that goes like, right, well, I don't really care about the giant army that I can't see because you can never show me that whole thing. So just show me the thing. I would love to know how many times a character in this entire franchise gets punched because the fact that they get... They, like, they just beat the fuck out of each other so... <laughs> yeah. Much and it never does, does anything. Anything. Mm. Yeah. Why do we waste so much fucking time watching them get meat tenderized when it it has no fucking impact? It's only ever used to like either bat someone of, away or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and like prevent them from getting to something. That's I don't more know, like interesting. Thanos so. actually power uh, power gem punches Carol Denvers and then she's out of the fight for the rest of the movie. Yeah. I know it's at the very end, but I was surprised. I thought she was going to come back, but she was just completely knocked out. There are a few and that was moments. one of the few times I was like, oh, that punch actually took her out of the right. fight. And I totally agree. And the fact that like Thanos has that blade sword thing that Which he was fights cool. with a lot of the time. Yeah. That wasn't in Infinity and War from the, memory. There's also a bunch of times... Well, yeah, I think it's because it was like he used it well, he had the past. He didn't need yeah, it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like there's a bunch of times when like... Uh, so like Captain Marvel shoots like beams of light at him mm. and he like <laughs> deflects the beams of light with the sword thing, and it's like, how does that thing yeah, work? I guess his how sword does her is thing work? It's powerful. the lightsaber thing of like, yeah. why doesn't it just stop? You just have to be like, it's not light yeah. or energy. I don't yeah. understand it, whatever. And yeah, hang on. anyway, just I, I'm not, I'm never entertained. I agree with the battle scene because yeah, I'm right. just, I just start to get bored by it because yeah. it's like. This is just moving lights and colors. I don't well, care about any of and this. And it's only going to finish when they decide it finishes. Literally, this is seeming like, right, we'll just disappear the army right now. And then exactly. Yeah. And so it, the, the fact that we spend so much time watching like hordes of things swarming over the screen, watching characters ineffectively beat the shit out of each other, yeah. I, those are the worst parts of the movie for me. I'm actually a big fan of when films mess with time and actually do it in an interest, interesting sort of original way. And I like that they went back to old scenes and sort of redid some things no, that you right, would know that about. really cool. But the like one that. problem is that you had to know every fucking film to know yeah, where yeah. they are and why they're there. And I have seen them. I was like, oh no, like <laughs> looking yeah, at my yeah. phone. Oh, I was thinking of trying to get my phone out, trying to be like, <laughs> why is the scepter blue and the tesseract blue? Are they both the blue stones? Six yeah, stones? Right. Too many stones. Too <laughs> many stones to follow <laughs> a lot of stones. as to what's going on. That's the one yeah. change. That, maybe I have five stones or four stones. Just yeah, stones on this um, film. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that was, um, I think that was one of my favorite bits of the whole film yeah. actually conceptually was, so they have to go back in time if you ha- don't care and you're still here the main part oh, of can this I film go then, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew I don't know why you're still here yeah. um, is that they had to go back and get all of the infinity stones that Thanos has destroyed now that he's finished his plan go back and get them um, and time travel they've got time travel yeah. and then put them all back together again so they can magic the people back um, I like that they were like how are we going to avoid time paradoxes oh no time travel doesn't do that yeah. they literally say back to the f- in the film they say back to the future is wrong 
Um, yeah, you, know, you can't have yeah. time. Which paradoxes. I mean is still up for scientific debate. So I was like, yeah. okay, fine. Um, but sure. they just. They, but then it's cool because they, they, they did. Ex- they tried to explain it by saying like, no, because when you go back in time, your, your past, past is your self is your present self. Like, it's like that doesn't make any sense yeah. because then there would still be a timeline in which that action has changed than it is the future. Yeah. Like, because when you get down to it, we don't have any scientific evidence yeah. of how that no. works. So well, I think what, what they ended up saying with Tilda Swinton was like, it creates parallel diverging parallel universes yeah, and diverging realities. <laughs> but your reality will be the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if all you care about is your reality, if you can change something, yeah. it's not going to affect the future of your reality if you go back to the future. Um, but no, I thought it was cool. So oh, example, you can't say that. That's a copyright. <laughs> <laughs> if you return to the... Um, <laughs> so like they have, so in the very first scene of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy where um, Chris Pratt's dancing along to the... Hey, yeah. What's the matter with Where, your and then it they go and like they knock him out right yeah, before and he they cut it. to him singing to himself and Megan looks stupid yeah. like Chris I thought Pratt it was, was pretty funny I meant to include Chris Pratt in my list of people that save this by being funny he is just always he's so fucking funny. great and so I thought that I was cool I thought they make his character kind of a bit weird I actually yeah. didn't find Peter Quill I love him in Guardians both the Guardians but I found yeah. both Infinity War and this one, he's just like he doesn't weirdly being masculine with Thor that's kind of his only he's hardly in it though. humor oh, right. beat I and I find it Really weird. I don't know yeah. why they've written his character like that. Because he, he develops as a character in Guardians to be like a bit less stupid and then they kind of yeah. go back and just make yeah. him be the same that, that element of their dynamic relationship yeah. probably focus-tested the best. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, sure. But yeah, I, I think you're right, Zach. I really enjoyed um, getting... It's literally like Back to the Future where the characters you're yeah. following now are looking at scenes you've seen from films of the past That's yeah. right. at a different perspective. It's almost like a museum of the previous films. Yeah. Like you get to see a cut cross-section yeah. of previous it's bits. It's like a whistle-stop tour of the best films yeah exactly yeah. yeah and it doesn't hit all of them but it hits the, and it doesn't hit them all to the point where you have to know exactly what the fuck is going on but it does evoke some sort of nostalgia that I found quite quaint and actually yeah. rather enjoyable. I really liked the idea of them doing that yeah. but what it actually what my experience of that was was that it was just nostalgia porn for nine, yeah. nine yeah. years ago and that really bugged me yeah. whereas I like how it was tempered by things for example Tony Stark talking to his dad I actually I really, I, I really like that. I scene. thought that was really cool. Was that Roger Roger Stone that played him? His dad's really he played by a really good. I actor. don't know. You, you know his face though. Yeah. But I don't yeah. Know. Exactly. I thought Man. the little conversations yeah, they had guy, yeah. was really mature and I don't know, just like really engaging. I was like, I was, because I, 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 I was like, oh, he's not going to talk to his dad. That's fucked. And then he did, and I was like, oh, yeah. and they were talking about him having a kid who was him, and that it was, was just really like, well done. But again, de- those two actors, fucking amazing. I thought, I think, with the exception of Hulk, I think every single original Avenger got a really nice heartfelt scene in the film yeah it was a nice send off I suppose Hulk um, had the glove thing um, the riot at the very end with uh, Steve Rogers where Steve- Captain America decides to grow old with his sweetheart instead of going back into the future yeah. not fucking re- Roger Stone no it's an American I know who thing. you mean um, <laughs> yeah I really enjoyed the happy ending that Captain America got where he, he chose... To, so, Captain America had to go back in time to return all of the Infinity Stones so he wouldn't fuck up any parallel dimensions. Yeah. At the behest of um, Tilda Swinton, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, instead of going back into the present day, like he said he would, he used yeah. his last time travel yeah. thing to go back and into the 40s and grow old with his yeah. sweetheart. And I, I like, really like that. I like the idea that he was old when all the other shit was happening and he saw himself and he was like I remember doing that it was yeah. just yeah. sort of like growing old as that was happening too because that technically would be how yeah. it was sort of I went. thought that was a really weird non-Disney really cool little ending yeah they didn't have to kill him he actually got a good ending yeah. but it was also yeah. signed out like I, I I didn't even think of that as an ending for that character the, the makeup that they used on him in that scene as well was, was that actually Chris I think it was actually Chris wow. it was, okay. yeah. it was almost, he, looked, he almost looked like a modern day Clint Eastwood yeah. I thought he looked like the guy that uh, was Tony Stark's father I wasn't sure yeah, right. Hold on, what's going on here? I was like, did they 
do that thing that they did in Captain Marvel where they like reuse like Ben Mendelssohn. <laughs> it's like two different characters, but yeah, um, yeah, right. I th- I think we're um I think we're almost pretty done, boys. Yeah. What yeah. do you reckon? Has anyone else got anything to say about this film before uh, we wrap it up for the week? My last thing I'd say is I want to go on the record just to talk about very quickly my patented dual review system that I have, and uh, <laughs> okay. you, you know about this, Andrew. Mm. But I always think of films when I've seen them in two veins. Um, well, the first vein being on a, on a certain level of scale of entertainment, the second yeah. being cinematic quality. And I'm firmly of the mindset that you can judge a film on those separate streams separately. And I think that this film did not break artistic bounds. It yeah. did not blow my world. I will not go to bed dreaming of it and having my world changed. But I was thoroughly entertained. I agree. Mm. I completely agree. I think that's where Andrew and I maybe stand apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, and I know that this is different for different people. Um, and I don't think I'm necessarily disagreeing with you like f- in a full sort of way. Andrew but um, yeah I do feel that this film was thoroughly entertaining and using my painted review um, dual review system that Freddie is at home uh, <laughs> yeah that's how I would stand on this film thoroughly entertaining um, you do have to have a bit of background oh, for it that's right I As fucking thought you were talking about jewels and like you were going to review the infinity stone <laughs> the right. infinity the no. gauntlet well, so okay. you, so essentially you're just saying that you th- you think that even though this film isn't of like an artistically yeah. wonder, it's definitely yeah. good in terms of being yeah. purely entertaining. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm right. And I, think, and I think you could have a film that is like high in artistic quality, but maybe yeah. for some people is a bit slow and maybe lower on the entertaining yeah. quality. For example, Yorgos Lanthimos is artistically, I think, pretty impressive. Awful. Oh. But right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, I was fucking hate. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've heard a little bit about it. You love yeah, stuff, but anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> like I think that that was very artistic, but um uncomfortable like yeah, <laughs> it's just exactly. as an experience that's a perfect example of the other yeah. the other direction where it's like it's not really entertaining in the traditional fun kind of sense but it definitely achieves what it wants to do artistically whether you like that or not yeah, yeah. yeah. the flip side okay. for this one um, yeah. I think that we could finish it off with a bit of a better than worse than then if we're all done for the moment I sure. think that I think that Avengers every Endgame every fucking week we get to this section and every fucking week I us, start yeah. to sweat because I haven't <laughs> thought of anything um, yeah. I, I sweat th- listening to think about what you're gonna <laughs> 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 what vaguely similar film you're gonna think of to yeah try. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and think of uh, like ones that are unrelated to the series. Yeah, you guys, sure. yeah, you guys yeah. do yours. Um, yeah, better than Indiana Jones. No, <laughs> I, I think that it was better than some of the intermediate Avengers films. I think I enjoyed this a lot more than I enjoyed. I don't know, Avengers Age of Ultron, for example, or maybe the Captain America Civil War, even though they mm. were very good. Mm. But I think this is definitely worse than Infinity War. I think Infinity War was almost my favorite in terms of the big collective Marvel films. Um. I like a lot of the single character ones a lot better, but I think in terms of all the big ensemble Avengers yeah. films, I think Infinity War was definitely my favourite. Uh, Endgame was slightly worse than in Infinity War, but Endgame's definitely better than a lot of the intermediary ones that feel like they're just wasting time, like yeah, right. know, Age of Ultron, or even the original Avengers movie, I, I wouldn't go back and watch again. Yeah. Um, so that's that's where I sit. I don't know if you, you, you guys are happy with that being the official beef station better than worse than for the week. Unless you have any tremendous problem with it, Andrew, I've given you ample yeah, yeah. thinking. I, I was going to say, I think this is better than so uh, uh, the um, what was the fucking Transformers movie with dinosaurs in it? <laughs> oh Transformers: God. Age of Distinction. <laughs> I missed that. Is that a real movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! This is better than Transformers: Age of Extinction because it achieved the entertainment in a far more cohesive and, and effective way, but didn't kind of fall into that Michael Bay trap of only being visual and having. Absolutely no narrative yeah. impact or whatever, but it's probably worse than it's worse than some standalone titles in the Marvel universe, like Guardians of the Galaxy, in yeah. my opinion, and, yeah. and the original Iron Man film. I think because those films allow 
you know, such a greater focus and development on um, that characterization and the humor. It allows them to stand alone more, which inherently means it doesn't have to be so self-referential and it has it doesn't have a whole universe to grapple exactly. with. Uh, another example, like I enjoyed... Um, so we, we as a group watched Oblivion, which I guess we might be able to talk about uh, on a, another, another point time, yeah. in time. But um, yesterday, which is that Tom Cruise movie um, where it's a, it's a hard sci-fi setting. And I feel like if you're looking for something that sort of lets you suspend your disbelief without really explaining it much at all, that's a far more effective kind of film that does that because... In terms of like a dumb, entertaining movie. Yeah, and I think that just the visual world building feels a lot more intriguing and interesting Mm. to me. So I would say that I enjoyed that better than this, but I think that would probably be quite an unpopular opinion. Yeah, I think there are definitely times when I enjoyed Oblivion a lot more than this. I think that's probably a fair comparison, yeah. Mm. Yeah, sure. What what do you reckon, Zach? Uh, Have you got anything else to say to wrap up? uh, Yeah, I'd say it's better than most of the Marvel films. Um, Maybe not not all, but like most, it's it's a bit bit above the the general sort of calibre. Have you got a favourite that that you can think of in terms of all the ones in this Big world. Um, look, Guardians of the Galaxy would be my favorite. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I also have a soft spot for Doctor Strange. I don't think it's one. Of I the think best that was films, a lot better than people. But I really liked, tend to have liked. I, and I really like the character too. He's a magician. plays plays my um, plays to my you know interests. So I really Benedict like Cumberbatch cannot fucking do an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, right. Yeah. Um, and I'd say I'd say. Um, yeah, it's better than like a lot of the other crossovers. So any of the DC stuff, sure. um, except for the Dark Knight, obviously. Yeah. Um, better than Justice League. Better than Shazam that I saw recently as well. All right. Oh, we didn't get a chance um, to mention that. You okay, said that was so. pretty kiddie. It, it had some beats that were, oh, man, it was weird. Like some of it was very like aimed at lower audiences, and some of it were like like there's a there's one guy gets his head bit off at one bit. There's no Sweet. blood, but it was still like. Oh, and there's swearing at certain points. So yeah, it, it the tone was just very in between mature and immature. Right. Um, and yeah, and I would say uh, that this film is worse than, for example, Watchmen, um, which yeah, is that arguably was the, that was one of the best superhero films of all time. I, I know it's a bit of a cop out, but I'll say. Yeah, no, I think that's a really uh, elegant way to summarize it. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Right. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us this yeah. week. Yeah, had a man. ball with you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, avid listener. I'll continue to listen. Uh, Hopefully, <laughs> everyone check out Zach's new <laughs> podcast. People soup, <laughs> human, human soup, soup. human soup. Uh, People um, soup's the band I've got going. <laughs> human soup for the teenage soul. Uh, hardcore punk rock band. That, that's it for another week of Beef Station. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com/slash/beefstationpod. We'll keep you up to date with all the new episodes. But we remember to post. I think we haven't for the last few weeks. Yeah, I don't um, know when this one's. If you've come got out any me. suggestions, I think we. If there's nothing coming out in the cinemas, we're going to try and get to some more listener suggestions. Mm. We haven't done some for quite a while, so we've got a bit of a backlog. But if yeah. there's any movies you want us to cover, or if you've got any. Uh, any questions for us or any uh, alternate takes on any thoughts that we've presented that you might not necessarily agree with our email address is beefstationpod at gmail.com thanks for joining us for another week I'm Oscar Andrew and Zach see you later